Well, hello, hello, and welcome to yet another exciting episode of Skeptics and Seekers. I'm your host, David the Skeptic, and I'm joined by the other guy, David Russell. How you doing? Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm good. Doing great. Okay. And uh, we've got a couple of guests uh, here at Skeptics and Seekers Towers. Uh, we've got Chase. Uh, hello. The, uh, the man who will chase the bear. And we also have Teddy <laughs> the bear. <laughs> Hello, hey, everyone. Teddy. How are y'all? Great. Waved everyone, Teddy. Wait, no. We, okay, never mind. Teddy is not on video. Uh, that will not be her only disadvantage today. She also has the disadvantage of having a terrible argument to defend. And so... You haven't heard it yet. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, Fruits here we go. Pudding. It's yeah. So, uh, folks, we're gonna serve you up some pudding. Don't eat it. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, here we go. Uh, I'm just gonna jump right into it All after right. I tell you about next week's topic because I always forget to talk about the following week's topic, and we actually have a, a following week's topic. Uh, and so I want to tell you about it. I'm really excited. Uh, if you find this show really boring. <laughs> <laughs> which you won't. But um, if, if you want something to look forward to, if you tune out of this one, make sure you tune in to next week, because next week we are talking about politics. Politics, people, but it's not politics, the discussion that you really want. It's politics, uh, the dis uh, a, an overview of uh, what politics is and what it means in, uh, in a Christian worldview. And so we're going to talk about it at a fairly high level. I suspect that we will have other shows on politics delving into uh, specific issues. And so I just wanted to prepare you for that uh, show next week. This week, slavery, slavery, uh, it's taken up space on the board. It's taken up space on your head. Uh, we're going to get that all cleared up today. Biblical slavery, uh, the blog has already been posted. Some of you have already started commenting. Uh, and uh, we're just going to unravel the thesis uh, in our opening statements. Uh, thank you, uh, Peter. Uh, thank you, Darren, uh, and the rest for uh, starting the comments. Um, I, I want to read uh, a part of something that Darren posted, uh, and I also want to cite some of what Peter posted. And if you want your comments uh, showing up in the podcasts, uh, you don't have to wait to our uh, comment section shows. Uh, when I put the blog up early, uh, just post a comment there. When I see something interesting, I'll point it out. Uh, so without any further ado, uh, and for the first time ever, we will hear Teddy's argument on biblical slavery, why God is not, in fact, a moral monster. Teddy, it's all yours. Thank you, David. Uh, so when we're talking about biblical, quote-unquote, slavery, um, the well has already been poisoned just by the use of the term slavery because uh, for people uh, living today, when we think of the word slavery, uh, it's natural for us to conjure up the images of the horrific situation that had occurred during the antebellum south in the United States of America. And uh, we think of that as, as slavery, and that basically um, affects everything we think about it. And so when you talk about slavery in the Bible, 
you know, how does that square with a loving God, given that there were regulations for slavery in the Mosaic Code? So that doesn't make sense. And there's a reason why that doesn't make sense, and that is because that uh, what we think of as slavery was not what God had regulations for. Um, so let's get to the word. Um, first of all, the Hebrews, in, in Hebrew, there isn't a word for slavery. And when you look at, at the Bible, the word in Hebrew that was used was eved, uh, that's E-B-E-D. And what that, the majority of the time, what that means is servant, and it relates to work. And it's not an inherently negative word. It deals with usually um, a relationship where someone is dependent upon someone else. And um, there have been times when being in a bed can be, even be a position of honor. Uh, in, the, uh, in the Old Testament, they didn't even really refer so much as to the Hebrews, the, the Israelites, as being the abeds or abeds of um, of the Pharaoh, but they actually referred to the Egyptians as the Aveds of Pharaoh because they were serving their Pharaoh. And when we, um, when we get to the King James Version of the Bible, which came about in 1611, uh, what we see is that the word Aved heard two times, only two times in the uh, King James Version, and that was once in the uh, Old Testament and once in the New Testament. But now with the New King James Version and all of these other versions and translations of the Bible uh, in the 20th century, we see anywhere from 46 occurrences of the word slave where um where Eved has been translated into the word slave. And so we see this increasing use of, of the word Eved being used as slave in some occasions. In some situations, it's used as servant. And the thing that becomes very problematic is that everywhere we see servant and slave uh, in the Bible, those are all the same word, Aved. And so it is the person or the people doing the translations that are basically picking and choosing when to use servant and when to use slave. And when we look at, at the word slave through the lens of, um, of modern times where we are associating slave with what was happening during the whole transatlantic slave trade, then that, that, that poisons the well because now I'm having to dig out from underneath that as opposed to starting in a neutral position of servant or worker, uh, which, you know, there's nothing inherently or fundamentally um, negative or evil about that. And so um, let's 
you know, if we could all, because I know, especially with um, the atheists, um, if you can just suspend your disbelief and and just listen, actually listen to what I have to say, because look, you know, if you want to be an atheist, you can still very much so be an atheist without believing that God is somehow endorsing um, the institution of slavery or that he even condoned it. Because let me tell you, the person and people that think that are basically potentially emboldening Christians into thinking that, hey, that's okay. And, and it, if there's anybody out there who seriously thinks that that's a good idea, well, I, you know, you might want to rethink that. So, um, you know, you don't have to give up your atheism and, and you can, I'm sure, find other things, uh, as y'all have, to criticize God about. But in terms of this particular issue, um, not only is it invalid to, to try to, to paint the Mosaic laws as somehow endorsing or condoning uh, or approving of what we think of as slavery with our modern uh, lens um, that we look through. But um, it, that, that's just a, a very, very dangerous thing because if, you know, if, if y'all are out here saying that, uh, oh, the Bible thinks it's okay, then, um, you know, that, that really can embolden certain work Christians to um, to think. Well, you know, hey, God said it's okay, so uh, let's let's maybe you know keep doing this uh, in places that they are doing it, or you know, let's bring it back. So just just be cautious about that because that that's a really bad idea. So uh, when we talk about suspending disbelief, so let's let's please do that and and look at things so the first thing is i'm going to mention some uh biblical passages and and we're then i i hope that we can maybe later you know i'll bring up sort of a thought experiment for us to consider when we start discussing things but for example acts 17:26 says that god has made us all from one blood he has made from one blood every nation of men. In Galatians 3.28, it says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. In Deuteronomy 10.17-19, it says, for the Lord your God is a God of gods and a Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. He administers justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. Therefore, love the stranger, for you were 
strangers in the land of Egypt. And he's speaking directly to the Israelites right there, who, of course, had a, a 400 plus year experience with slavery in Egypt. Uh, and so, um, you know, one would think that it would hurt their hearts to to try to do that to someone else. Um, in Leviticus 19.33, it says, If a stranger dwells with you in your land, you shall not mistreat him. The stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as one born among you. And you shall love him as yourself, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. In Leviticus 19.34, it says, But the stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as one born among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And so one of the things that we also need to keep in mind is that when strangers or foreigners, shall we say, came to Israel, uh, because God had given the land of Israel to the Israelites, uh, foreigners could not acquire land. And the only way that they could live in Israel was to attach themselves to a household. And so one of the things so, so with those biblical passages in mind to frame how God thinks of um, all people, we are all brothers and sisters, and he is specifically telling the Israelites, this is how you need to treat foreigners and strangers in your land, and remember that you were slaves and foreigners in a strange land for over 400 years. And also that God is a God who will judge us. And so uh, he reminds us in other passages, you know, hey, don't forget, you, you mess with people and you treat them badly on earth, you're going to be judged uh, <laughs> one day. So, so the, the Israelites were um, very keenly aware of all of this. And so um, with our thought experiment, think of if, if there's a situation where people are working, and, and of course, we're talking about servitude and, and working with people, working for people. That's a spectrum. I mean, you've got sweatshops, you've got people who um, just are, are workers, you know, at will, where if they want to leave, they can leave. If somebody, if the employer wants to fire them, they can fire them, it, you know, at will. Um, and there, there's situations where people are out and out slaves, as the Africans were um, in the United States, and also, uh, in colonial America. Um, 
So it's a spectrum. And, and one of the things with the use of a VED in the Bible is that they keep, these translators keep switching the words. So we never really know, um, unless we were to look up, well, I mean, you just actually never really know uh, when is it supposed to be servant or when are they potentially talking about a slave? Um, you know, it, it gets muddled and it becomes problematic. So, um, but, but in terms of the thought experiment, um, if we have a situation to where it's prohibited to kidnap slaves and that if a person is guilty of kidnapping, uh, or excuse me, not kidnapping slaves, but if it's impermissible to kidnap someone in, or, in order to turn them into a slave, and if the punishment, um, if one is caught doing so, if or if one is caught uh, having a person um, in your, you know, quote, unquote, possession who has been kidnapped, if that uh, is punished by the death penalty, um, let's keep in mind if, if that's the situation that you kidnap someone, you get the death penalty. How about when we have a situation if a slave is brutally beaten and killed? And that yields the death penalty. And then what if we have a situation to where if a slave is beaten and you know the slave is injured, has some sort of significant injury from that, um, but is not dead, uh, but then they have to be released if you if you hurt them in a significant way. Um, and then if slavery is not race-based, if sexual exploitation and rape are not permitted, uh, otherwise that could get one into um, a tremendous amount of trouble and potentially even the death penalty according to Mosaic law. Um, if the families are not being sold and separated by buyers, uh, if servants and slaves are treated as members of a household and they share meals together, and if servants or slaves get every seventh day off, and if things become abusive in the household or uh, under a particular master, that a slave can just run away and that the people in the um, in the country that the slave is still in have to give that slave safe harbor. And then most importantly, when God is commanding masters to love their servants as themselves and to be very good towards them. So if we have these particular conditions in play in terms of as being the rules um, that one is supposed to follow. How in the world would true chattel slavery, uh, such as what we had in the antebellum South, uh, where people were treated like 
property with no human rights and where they had no protections and where the master could do whatever he wanted to do to them, including kill them. How square that, which was in the American South, with the, the conditions that I first described. The answer is you cannot, those, those two things are in, those two situations are incompatible, absolutely incompatible. Um, and one of the biggest ways that we know that it was incompatible is what was done with uh, what was called the slave Bible. And the slave Bible, that was where 90% of the Old Testament was removed from the Bible, and about 50% of the New Testament was removed from it. And, um, and what that amounts to is out of 1,189 chapters that are normally in a Bible, the slave Bible contained only 232 chapters. And as you can imagine, the, the chapters that were removed had to do with a lot of positive messages that would have emboldened slaves into thinking you know, about more uprisings and, and fighting as opposed to being brainwashed into thinking and by twisting certain passages that are in the Bible that talk about how slaves need to obey their masters. But, you know, as, as we'll, I'm certain, get into uh, as we start to discuss things, uh, one has to look at those passages um, in context, but when they were presented out of context in the slave Bible, that was giving slaves a very, very different idea as of, of, of how God was expecting them to behave. And uh, it was very subversive. And, um, and the abolitionists, they had the Bible 100% right and it was the bible that um was what inspired the abolitionists to help uh, bring about um the civil war and to spark it and to to then eventually get rid of um the whole nasty disgusting institution of slavery in the united states with the 13th Amendment and, uh, in 1865. And so, um, you know, the slave Bible, that just, that just proves it all uh, in terms of, of the fact that, that when you look at the Bible as a whole, it is incompatible with slavery. And it was only through uh, ripping out <laughs> most of the Bible that these... Um, these slave owners were able to to, to deceive um, their slaves. So anyway, we'll we'll get into uh, a lot of the other things uh, once we start the discussion. But thank you very much, Chase. 
Okay, so um, I would like to start off by saying, as far as well, I love this being the first time makes us an argument. Um, I would say, as far as concerning what the what the God of the Bible endorses, um, this is a subject on which I can positively say he does endorse slavery, especially slavery relating to what we had here in, in our own South. And I would like to start off by pointing that out with the rule on even how that works out with just this one verse. Leviticus 25, 44, 46. Um, As for your male and female slaves from whom you may have, you may buy the male and female slaves from among the nations that are around you. You may also buy from among the strangers who soar with you and their clan that are with you, who have been born in your land and they may be your property. You may bequeath them to your sons after you, after you to inherit as a possession forever. You may make slaves of them, but over your brothers, the people of Israel, you shall not rule over one another ruthlessly. So that right there lays out clearly to me that God had every intention of people who had any intention of owning other people, it seems. There was a, a positive role on how you were able to do that. Um, while you were saying the God of the Bible does not condone and um, actually he is against slavery, I would have to say otherwise. Any, I would say a person who has ground rules for something and also does not actively speaks against it, um, that would be a form of condoning. Um, so to put it quite simply, he has even 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 more rules as to how it should and should not be played out, and we copy those rules here in our very own South. So just because they were giving a different copy to the slaves does not mean in any way that that is not the same form of slavery, and that is not one also endorsed by by the God that you believe in. Um, as far as uh, as far as your comments saying that these will be. Uh, they needed to do that, and if you if they had given them the regular Bible, you would see a lot more uprisings. We know that that would not be true as as well, because because of the Bible, which also says, um, "Slaves, obey your earthly masters." That does not sound like words of revo- of, of 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 revulsion, a revolution. Sorry. So, um, for this argument, it is quite clear that the God of the Bible does endorse slavery it has condoned slavery and i guess i would say as we get into more of your argument i would love to see how he does not now if you're going to say that going into the new testament that's where maybe these laws fall apart um i would argue that i would still disagree because in the words of jesus these rules are not to be fallen apart just because he's come he's actually come to fulfill those laws in a sense which make them make them make solidify those rules so all of these rules that whether it be on slavery, on what fish, on shit fish not to eat, what colors not to wear, all these rules will be enforced as you as you so think, or will be enforced as you so think when Jesus died, as you think in history. So um, even so, it would it would be a mental gymnastics in my uh, to me to say that the God of the Bible does not condone or enforce slavery in any way, shape, or form, just because. He has lines pointing out not to do it to your own people. Now, it sounds like you are holding very firmly to just looking at the guidelines for uh, what I can say is, what is it? Uh, 
um, actual, actual you know temporary servant work where it's only seven years long this is pertaining to very special situations in which it is only for your own brothers you know, people who are of your, of your people so to speak um and not and not only that <clears throat> They even give you ways on how to find out how to even make those people around you permanent slaves as well. We can get into that as we go further in. Um, but for this one, I do not have a long, a long bit to say on it. Uh, that is all for me. Right on, right on. I'm going to take over. Right, David? <laughs> oh, you're muted, buddy. You're hey, muted. Yeah. I can't hear <laughs> you. Oh, Russell. <laughs> Sorry. I do want to say that I'm disappointed that the eye patch does not have decor on it yet. <laughs> you don't know how hard you, this is. I have it's, given you suggestion upon suggestion. I have no problems. I, I, I need you to put some flair out there, brother. I, <laughs> and I'm throwing this in because we got to break the ice a little bit. This is a serious subject, right? <laughs> I so I need to sing a new color. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like, I'll, I'll get in my opening in a minute, but I was just like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to scream and yell. You know me. I'm not going to get mad about this. I mean, we have a disagreement on things. That's fine. You can disagree and at the end of the day, still pat each other on the back. At least that's that's from my take anyway. But again, I, I want to thank – I'll get in – now, now I'm getting into my opening statement. So you can tell me if you need to, uh, David. Again, I want to thank – I want to thank the Skeptics and Seekers family for such a warm welcome. Uh, thanks to David and Chase for partaking in this dialogue because I think it is very important. It's a very important issue uh, to discuss. It's one that we should never forget because we can never let stuff like this happen again. Uh, thanks to Teddy for coming to my aid and backing me up here. Nothing like a familiar face or voice. Um, that said, I'm not going to sugarcoat this for any side. Is there slavery in the Bible? Absolutely. Are there hard verses that I've even struggled with regarding this topic? Absolutely. Leviticus 25 is just one of the verses that took me a while to wrap my mind around. You know, David told me to bone up on this topic, but I don't feel like I can do it justice in just a week's time. He also was kind enough to provide us with a write-up, which is really cool. I kind of hoped he would put it in this intro to our show here, uh, sliding up in the true Star Wars pro prologue style, you know, even with the music in the back. That would have been awesome. But surrounding this issue are terms, okay? And the first, what is slavery, okay? Is slavery and enslavement or the state and condition of being a slave who is someone forbidden to quit their uh, their master's service or their service to another person and is treated like property or an enslaved person is legally rendered the personal property of the slave owner. Like in the antebellum period, the owner had the only say. Other definitions include forced labor and non-voluntary service. Most, uh, uh, most of us look at slavery in the West from the eyes of the European slave trade in which people were kidnapped from parts of Africa and shipped to the colonies and forced to work on plantations. And many died in transit, treated horribly by those who bought them, dehumanized and abused beyond measure. This often taints our view when we look at other forms of slavery or servitude throughout history. As well it should, because again, we need to remember the antebellum period so that we never take a step backwards. 
we should also be able to look through our bias and seriously question what we see throughout history. My interlocutor with the awesome pirate look has defined good as well-being. With taking the Sam Harris approach, I have to ask him, why would he think it is actually, as he put it, horrible to own slaves? Is it actually wrong? The reason I ask is this is that in ancient Israel, the taking of a slave was to prevent poverty. Preventing poverty actually promotes human flourishing and well-being. But to truly know this, David would have to have looked into the historical context of that time period. Matt Dillahunty, in a talk with Dr. Ferrer, told him he didn't care about the historical context of the time, to which Dr. Ferrer responded, then you don't care what the text means. This unfortunately is true. It is also true of the write-up David put up. He attempted to exegete the scripture with only 20th century eyes, not only 20th century eyes, but with a bias against the text. It is obviously with the closing remark he gave. I still love him though, so we're good. Um, to me, the bias clouds his objectivism. However, it also shows that he didn't look into the historical context of the time, which is the main point. The rest is, I'm kind of playing with him a little bit here. Um, the fact is scholars actually don't even agree on the definition of slavery. But in brief, most varieties of slavery did not exhibit the three elements that were dominant in the new world. Slaves as property and commodities, their use exclusively as labor, and their lack of freedom. And I mean, the, the ancient Near East concept of slavery or servitude is so foreign to us, it is akin to calling the president's cabinet members slaves. Manumission, which is the release of a slave, wasn't even sought after because of the deep familial bonds created, which also created great incentive to stay. Basically, there was no incentive to be free. Why? Because according to Glenn Miller, who's quoting here from uh, the history of the ancient Near East, which is a uh, two-volume set comprised of 22 anthropologists and specialists in ancient Near Eastern culture, uh, says individual autonomy meant exposure to danger and predation. Safety lie precisely in the protection afforded by the bondage of dependence on groups and patrons. What was desirable was not freedom, but belongingness. To understand Israel's system of servitude, the first thing to note, as stated by ancient, the ancient Near Eastern law, servitude was voluntary. Okay, it was voluntary, even to the foreigner. There's a huge, also there's a huge difference between a master and an owner. Why? The language is legal language. The language differentiates between them. You could own things like cattle and oxen, but a human bore the image of God, and thus humans could not be owned owned like chattel. Also, property wasn't what you think of it as it is today. Property, usually in legal terms, were relegated to economic output only, no ownership of a disposable good. Exodus 21.16 puts the slavery that went on in the antebellum period punishable by death. Finally, the passage David shared in Leviticus is void of the entirety of the two books before it. It should be noted that the passage says they can be made slaves for life, not that they were automatically slaves for life. Freedom was always the default. Similarly, we look at the New Testament and see a fuller picture 
of what David gave us in his blog, which I was a little disappointed in, David. You didn't treat the text fairly. There's a lot of freedom verses in there too. For example, Paul explicitly denounces slave trading, which could which would have restricted the supply of slaves to Christian households. Paul tells free people not to become slaves. Paul tells slaves to try to become free, 2 Corinthians 7.21 and 7.23. Paul encouraged Philemon to free Onesimus in, that, in the epistle at the 21st verse. Which Paul's, What is Paul doubling down on here then? He's obviously pro-freedom. He's anti-involuntary slavery. He's anti-voluntary slavery. And he's an advocate of respect, consideration, loyalty, and goodwill in all relationships, including master and servant. And he's also pro-voluntary manumission. The truth is the New Testament is about freedom. The moral ideal puts us on a trajectory which includes the dignity for all and the things like liberty and right relationship with others and God. What we didn't see is that the master's are being corrected just as much as the slaves to treat them as equals, which is an unheard of uh, proposition in that time. Um, so with that, I'll end with, uh, with the slaves for Christ idea. In, Paul, in 1 Corinthians uh, 7.22, um, to be a servant to the Lord is to be the Lord's freedman. In, in 2 Corinthians, we are also told that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So, again, I see the New Testament and the entirety of the Bible as not condoning slavery. It deals with slavery. As a matter of fact, God legislates it. And there's many reasons for that. He does legislate that, that practice in the ancient Near East. His idea was not to be like the abusive slave traders of Israel uh, or of Egypt, but to have a different system that pointed them to a path of abundant freedom. Thank you. Okay. So um, I guess I should say something. Um, I. I've written a blog post, and I this is one of those times when I encourage people uh, to read the blog. <clears throat> Skeptics and Seekers uh, dot Squarespace dot com, uh, and uh, the current blog is Slaves for Christ: A Brief Look at Biblical Slavery. Uh, and so, if you want my full argument, uh, you can read it there. Uh, I think it speaks for itself largely. I know that there are uh, podcast listeners who don't get around to reading the blog, and uh, I get that, and I appreciate that, but I don't want to spend a lot of time reading uh, or saying what can easily be looked up, because a lot of the blog post is spent in Scripture. It, it's spent just reciting what the Bible says. So... Um, I don't know if I just lost my co-host or not, but uh, his video just disappeared. Um, if we did lose him, we'll... I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Okay, I just had to right. turn off the camera for a minute. Oh, good, good, all right. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure we don't want to see whatever it is you're doing anyway, but now I kind of do. 
Um, so it, anyway, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time um, just reading Bible verses. That's, that's kind of boring. It doesn't make very good podcasting. And Christians should know their Bible well enough, um, especially on this subject, since it has been such a hot-button topic. But I know that Christians don't read their Bible. They don't know it's there. They're easily swayed uh, by hearing another Christian say, oh, well, the Bible doesn't say this, and it says this other thing that's you know barely related, and, um, and they think they've read it. So I do encourage you to uh, read the blog. Uh, I do uh, provide scriptures in context. And what you need to know is that the passages I've provided are just for a minimum case. Uh, I could have made this 3,000-word blog, blog post a 10,000-word blog post. The Bible has much more to say, and I think that some of the passages uh, are even more damning. Uh, and so it's, it's hard to find uh, scholars such as, say, Randall Rouser, who would deny uh, the point that I am making that uh, in the Bible slavery was in fact as bad as is uh, antebellum slavery as bad as uh, the worst kind of slavery you can think of. Uh, so one of the uh, one of the tools that Christians might uh, use, and you've heard the opening uh, statement from Teddy, is to try to make it a linguistic take, uh, case. You know, you're you're just confused. Because you're speaking English, and what you really should be speaking is ancient Hebrew. And even the translators of the Bible didn't use the words right, and so now we don't actually know what's being said. Actually, that sounds like an argument from an atheist, doesn't it? Uh, you, you just can't trust the Bible because it, it's not translated right. What an argument for a Christian to make. Thank you, Teddy. I appreciate that. Uh, maybe as we go along, you can make some of my other arguments for me, too. Uh, but in this case, I think this is one of the rare times uh, when that just doesn't work. I think the Bible says too much about slavery, and it's pretty clear uh, when it talks about it. Uh, I know it's always a fingers-crossed scenario when you talk about the Bible clearly says, uh, but I think there's enough uh, language here that is easily uh, readable to the average uh, reader that if it does not mean what it sounds like it means, then that's just reason for you not to read the Bible or trust it for anything. Uh, Yved, so uh, she hangs a big piece of her case on Yved. So I just uh, encourage you to go back and read all of the slavery passages and substitute slave with Yved. See if that helps. It does not. <laughs> let, me, let me help you with that. Um, you can substitute it with any word you want. It still doesn't help. You can take the word out altogether and just read the surrounding words. It still doesn't help. The message still comes through uh, loud and clear. And so I, I think that we can dispense uh, with, uh, with that. Uh, as far as uh, the New Testament being a case for um, freeing the slaves, well, this is just not this is just not true. Although I will leave room that in the Bible, different authors had different ideas about different things at different times. And so I'm not uh, suggesting that they are all perfectly consistent uh, on a given subject. Uh, and so some authors might have been more pro-freedom than others. I don't think that Paul was one of them. I think that you have to read uh, what he what he says in a fairly strained way. Uh, so for instance, uh, Onesimus uh, was mentioned. This is the book of Philemon. You can read it. It's one chapter. Um, 
It's it's real easy to read. It's in the New Testament. Just look at let's look it up in the uh, index. You'll find it. Um, Philemon. <clears throat> it's a book about slavery. Uh, there was an escaped slave uh, who became a Christian, uh, who ran across Paul, and Paul uh, converted him. And you know what Paul did for Philemon? He didn't say, "Here, here are some uh, good families that you can stay with. They'll give you a good job. Uh, glad you escaped." No, he sent Onesimus back to uh, the slave master Philemon, uh, and he uh, tried to uh, say to Philemon, "Look." <laughs> Uh, you should you should now serve your master even more heartily because you're brothers in Christ. And uh, Philemon, you should treat your slave uh, as a, a brother and not just a, a slave. He's he's uh, you know you should, you should treat him as something more. But what Paul did not do was shelter Philemon from the slavery. Now we also heard a case which I find utterly baffling. I hope we discuss. Uh, that slavery was somehow voluntary. You know, these people wanted to be slaves. Uh, they didn't. They didn't want freedom. Manumission. What's what's manumission? No, we we want the family uh, of of being a part of of your family by being a slave. That's that's what we're after. Um, you know, obviously Onesimus wanted freedom. You know how we know that he escaped. Uh, okay. Uh, this this is not a guy who wanted freedom. This is a guy who had to be strong-armed into going back to his master uh, under the aegis of this is how God wants it to be because you're a Christian now. And, and so you shouldn't be trying to escape this man who is your master who is also a Christian. This is not a, this is not a person who wanted to be a slave. This is a person who was talked uh, into going back to his master. Um, and so, again, I find it utterly baffling that uh, we would hang... Uh, a part of the argument on, oh, these slaves in the Bible, they wanted to be slaves. And finally, the uh, idea that slavery in the Bible is different from the African slave trade uh, because, uh, you know, they were they were kidnapped uh, in the African slave trade and they were procured honestly in the Bible. Uh, a couple of things, uh, really, what does it mean to procure honestly a slave? What, what does that mean? Uh, because these people were bought, they were purchased like property. The Bible says several times, uh, if you buy a slave or you can buy your slaves um, from this place or that. And uh, so how how does a person uh, find themselves for sale? Uh, just, a, just a little bit of a, a discussion, thought question there for uh, people who think there's some kind of difference between kidnapping and legally purchasing a, a person. But I also want to uh, give you just a small amount of education on the African slave trade. Uh, those slaves were purchased, not kidnapped. And so the people who went to Africa uh, bought with money uh, from other Africans, uh, these Africans that they would put on the boats through the Middle uh, Passage and back to uh, the cotton fields. Uh, this was a legal transaction, uh, not kidnapping. Read your history. Uh, and on this subject, many Christians are just as poorly read on their history as they are their Bible. Uh, that is that is not, in fact, uh, a distinction. Uh, and I challenge uh, the, uh, the uh, interlocutors uh, who are supporting the uh, biblical slavery to come up with a single way, a single meaningful way, in which uh, the 
uh, biblical slavery was different from uh, other slavery. The term chattel slavery, it, uh, when, whenever you hear Christians talking about chattel slavery, uh, it's almost certain uh, that their, their case is done at that point because they are, in fact, trying to make a distinction between uh, biblical slavery and um, African slavery. The word chattel just means property. Chattel slavery is property slavery or the act of owning a person. Just look it up yourself in any dictionary that you want. Any dictionary, I don't care. Uh, surprise me. Um, look it up in a Bible dictionary. Don't care. Uh, it's going to come up with uh, that very generic definition. And so to make a denial that uh, slavery in the Bible, at least some parts of some types of the slavery in the Bible, uh, did not involve a person owning another person is just being intellectually dishonest and maybe uh, dishonesty at another level uh, uh, too. And so it's very hard to take those arguments seriously. That said, uh, we will see where the uh, discussion goes from here. I want to enter uh, a period of uh, QA uh, as we've each kind of heard uh, what the other has to say uh, to uh, start with. And uh, I want to I want to begin uh, the QA. Um, so we'll just go around in in this order. Uh, I'll I'll ask a question. Uh, uh, Teddy uh, can ask a question. Um, Russell can ask a question, and then Chase uh, can ask a question. And we might go through more than one round of uh, this. And you can ask your question to anyone uh, on the panel. So I'm going to ask my question to uh, Teddy. Uh, and yes. uh, it's a very straightforward question. So uh, do you, in fact, recognize uh, that there was more than one kind of slavery in the Bible? Because you seem to be uh, focused on the uh, type of slavery that I would call uh, debt slavery. Uh, I've, I've got a debt, and so I'm going to sell myself for a period uh, or contract myself uh, to do a period of uh, work. For a person to pay off a debt and by the way if i earn enough money or if one of my relatives uh want to buy me out of that debt and pay that debt great uh they can do that uh so that's one type of slavery in the bible i don't even call that slavery uh and then there are the types of slavery in the bible that chase and i are talking about do you acknowledge that there is more than one type of slavery uh in the bible or do you want to maintain that it's only talking about uh the thing that you know most of us would barely even call slavery I, I do acknowledge that there are um, different forms of servitude, and I think that when we use the word slavery, that uh, that you know conjures up the imagery of the antebellum South. That uh, you know, if we're going to use that word, you know, my point is yes, I I do think that there were different types. We had the um, situation where uh, native-born uh, Jews, Israelites, would, um, would go into this type of indentured servitude with their, um, with their fellow Israelites, as well as um, foreigners. Foreigners could also own or, or, or have that type of indentured servitude from, from Israelites. Uh, and so foreigners were able to prosper 
Right. Uh, so let me just clarify uh, mm -hmm. in, in, in terms of clarity, because I think you're wondering a bit. Yes, uh, there there is this type of slavery that Jews could sell themselves to foreigners to and Jews could sell themselves to other Jews to. And this mm -hmm. was a, uh, a temporary uh, financial arrangement. Uh, it would end in seven years if no one chose to pay up. Uh, so uh, at during the period of su uh, Jubilee, uh, it's over. Uh, by the way, it wouldn't necessarily be in seven years. If you sold yourself into slavery uh, in year six, uh, you got one year to serve. Uh, everyone's free in Jubilee. Um, and so there is that type of uh, debt servitude, uh, if you if you will, uh, indentured um, uh, service that, once again, I discard even as counting as slavery. I am asking you very specifically about the... Uh, well, but I don't want to spend all day on my question. I just want I an answer to it. Okay. I, do you do you acknowledge that the uh, that when Jews owned non-Jews, that there was a different set of rules, and it was ownership uh, as opposed to uh, a mere work contract? Yes or no? Well, it's not as simple as that. Um, these foreigners did not have the ability to own land so they had to have attachment can to, i have a yes uh, or no to that question uh, it, but, but it's not a yes or no answer so if you want a, an honest legitimate answer that speaks to truth then you know just hold on so the the situation with foreigners, and, and you have different classifications of those as well. You have the foreigners that decided to convert and to worship Yahweh, and they then started, they then would have pretty much uh, almost all of the um, the benefits that native-born Jews have, with the exception of land, but um, in the whole jubilee issue. But so yes, they would if if a foreigner decided to get into this sort of contractual relationship uh, with uh, with a Jew, then yes, that was not just for a certain period of time. That was supposed to be forever, but. That's not a contractual but, relationship. They were bought. Okay. No, they, no, no. they didn't, they didn't well, make a deal. It, it, yes, yeah, David, it, it says acquire. And yes, they do make a deal. It's That's that's stated elsewhere so, in Leviticus 19 so, and so forth. So hang, 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 hang on, though. We'll, we'll, but, we'll but, get there. But, Teddy, yeah, I, I do. Voluntary. I, 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 no, no, hold on. Just let me think because I will get uh -huh. to the involuntary part, too. Um, But... So, generally speaking, okay. with the so I'm not going to I'm not going to have any follow up on this. So uh, after you're done making your speech, uh, you can go ahead and ask your question. Uh, I, I think my question was pretty straightforward, and the answer is already. there's complexity to it. There's a lot of complexity. Of course, to there it. is. So, uh, but anyway, you're you're free to ask your question uh, okay, if you like. Okay, but, well, if, if I could just finish, because I do want to answer it in full. Um, so I, I there's a type of foreigner where the the servitude is voluntary, but it is for life because, well, they don't have the ability to own land. However, if 
the situation ever becomes abusive, it's in the Mosaic law. They could just leave. They can leave and every Israelite is commanded to give them safe harbor. So that right there means that that master knows that you better make the situation for your servant or slave, whatever you want to call them, it better be a good situation for you and a good situation for them, or else they're going to hightail it out of there. And everybody else in the nation has to give them cover. There is, they, they cannot, uh, unlike with the antebellum South, where it is mandated to either, well, you can kill a runaway slave or you have to return them. In Israel, under Mosaic law, you better not return them. You cannot return them. You should not return them is what God tells the Israelites. So if if you've got a situation to where if your master becomes abusive, you've got all the freedom in the world from God to just leave. And everybody's going to give you cover. Now, there is a type of involuntary servitude, but... That's not what we are really talking about because the involuntary servitude deals with prisoners of war and not all prisoners of war had to be placed in a position of involuntary servitude. But that would be consistent more with what we would call forced labor, not slavery. And it's the type of forced labor that happens uh, you know, right now in America. Just as a point of clarification, this is not a follow-up question. It's just a point of clarification. Uh, You you said a few times back that uh, these foreigners were not permitted to own land. The passage that uh, Chase read talked about uh, getting your uh, slaves from the nations around you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're saying they couldn't own land in their own nations? No, I mean, I, I don't, mean, I don't understand land what the hell in Israel. You're about. I, I mean, the, the foreigner that is coming to Israel cannot own land in Israel. Okay, so, so how does that this mean, mean a slave from a nation? The Bible already? does talk about uh, taking, uh, buying uh, these foreigners who live among you, but it also talks about buying these foreigners from the other nations. And so we're not necessarily talking about. Uh, you know, getting slaves who are sitting right there next to you. We're talking about buying slaves from the surrounding nations. Well, uh, now, it, I don't, right. I don't see what you mean that they couldn't own land. Yeah, they couldn't own land in Israel, but I don't, I don't see why that would then make them want to be a slave in Israel. Yeah, but no, no, David, no. you do understand. Hold on, Teddy. David, you do understand that you know, in the historical context, these are tent people, right? I mean, these are people that live in tents, and there's a fine distinction between a sojourner and a foreigner, right? There's a stranger, and then there's a sojourner. Mm-hmm. The sojourner is passing through, and and you may and you may if you look at any. Like, I would argue like people who are, who are fighting people behind walled cities have a little bit more step up from tents. But I'm 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 gonna also, talk, I'm gonna make well, yeah, I'm gonna make sure that you were the Canaanites David, were absolutely that they've conquered and things that they've also obtained yes, through these Dave, Chase, so that is things that more than tensely most definitely do have sorry hello <laughs> we're not we're not we're not right we're not to that, the yeah. we're not up so to the general conversation and name calling uh, uh, session yet that's coming <laughs> just just hold your fire 
I, I just want to finish up the, the QA uh, section. I wanted to get a clarification uh, on that from Teddy uh, because it, it did seem incoherent to me at the time. I will accept her answer. Teddy, would you like to ask someone a question? Yeah, well, can, can I still get into the, the whole thing? With we're, going the to, we're going to have some general discussion, but I want you to stay focused on your question uh, because right now you're not uh, really answering the question. You're making a speech. So please ask a question. Okay. Uh, all right. So David, um, if if the law of the land states that a slave, if if things become abusive, they can just leave, just walk out, and that everyone in the land in Israel is commanded to give them safe harbor how can um how can it make sense that a master is going to mistreat his whether you want to call it a servant slave worker whatever how is why would they mistreat them when the person is then going to leave and then have a status of a free person uh, would you, would you like to provide some biblical um, uh, reference to that in uh, some context, if you please? But I, my answer, my top of the head answer is the Bible actually talks about uh, ways in which a master can uh, beat and um, uh, you know, cause their servant to physically suffer as long as they don't die uh, within a couple of days. Uh, so that was apparently okay. That's not considered mistreatment. So I, I would I would wonder what your uh, idea of mistreatment is. Now, if the slaves suffered particular types of injuries, uh, they lost an eye or a broken arm or something like that. I again, I don't have this passage in front of me, but then that slave could be uh, let free. So that that is one of the provisions under the law. But that had to do with uh, the slave, uh, the master going too far in their beatings. Uh, so uh, I'm glad that's there. But if you're suggesting that, you know, the slave could just leave whenever he wanted to, that's not true. And so you're, you're simply misreading uh, the text. And so that's why I, I would love for you to uh, put this in the context of a text. Yeah, um, let me let me pull up the text i don't have okay well i'll tell you what if you need to if you need to find that in our uh, time of general discussion you can come back to that uh and i will i will address this again but the the answer is uh ultimately uh the bible does make provision for how much beating you can give a slave and no 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 no, no, no. (laughs) you're making it into a positive the bible does not say hey um you know, beat your slave this many times. It is saying that if you do beat them, and of course they specify, and it's not just with slaves. The Bible is fine with uh, punishing people with beatings with the rod, as well as children. Spare the rod, spoil the child. So it's not. You're making just this God more monstrous than I'm trying to. Okay? I just want to <laughs> the monstrousness in one category. Let's. Okay, um, so yes, but ultimately, when you find your passage, that's the answer. There are, in fact, 
regulations about how much beating a master master could give their slave. It was not a matter of, oh, if the slave just thinks they're being mistreated, they can, they can just leave. Uh, that would be incorrect. And if you if you believe that that's what the Bible says, I think that you've, you've got a little bit more study to do. Well, it's it's on it's on the runaway slave section. Which I, I, look, I'm, I'm letting for you, you. Can, you have as much time as you want, but I'm going to pass it over to Chase to ask his question. And uh, you can um, come back to that. Okay. So, Teddy, I do have a question for you. Um, yes. You. Well, actually, this question may be for both. Actually, it's a little for both of you, and um, coming from both of your opening statements. Uh, so, in regards to rules and regulations from uh, and or even moral guidelines from the Bible. Um, are you taking the words of people who uh, are you taking the words of God or just uh, or just different passages where people feel they have a, a an opinion through a situation in the Bible? Uh, what well, do you mean I, by that? I, I, I need uh, clarification okay. on, no, the, fine. on the question. Um, so uh, as what do you as, what do you mean by people's opinion or whatever? So and a lot of and a lot of times, like earlier, when you were mentioning things that Paul was saying, um, and then also Teddy was mentioning uh, she has passages where they where other people have make statements against certain opinions in the Bible. Um, these I've noticed a hard hold to what people like Paul and and such will say, and not so much a, a and that is used as a rebuttal to what we're saying are. What God Himself, the person you, you believe in, is literally telling you to do, or the rules that He has laid out for you. So I'm I'm curious. Um, so you, what are, you're trying to say? Let me see if I can if I yeah. got this right. So I don't want to misrepresent. Um, so you're saying that okay? Uh, there's people like that are writing in the New Testament, and Paul says one thing, but the law may say this. Kind of like uh, that, right? in, in a sense, yes. So, well, you know, as a Christian, we believe that the entire word is inspired, right? So, like, we believe okay. that Paul Paul has authority there. So, Paul is an authority on those subjects when he actually speaks to them. So, uh, I, as far as far as listening to God's commands and stuff, you know, um, yeah, I mean, we listen to God because that's, I mean, that's what we believe that the text says. Okay, so you, you say yeah. so for you, it's, you're more taking those words as a, as a, as a later, as a later interpretation or guidance from God. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, there's a, uh, okay. So in your opening statement, you talked about the the continuation of the old covenant and the new. And to me, for me, that's a just a misunderstanding in, in the covenants, right? So Jesus, okay. it, you know, you can glean from the Old Testament certain things that apply to the to Israel itself, mm -hmm. right? And that would end at a certain time, and that Jesus would fulfill uh, uh, the law in regards to the moral law and so forth. So uh, he was the true revelation of what that moral trajectory was pointing to from the Old Testament. Right. So, so that, I mean, there's there's just a difference in, a sense in theology there. Okay, so I mean, I guess, I, I guess, I guess. Did, am I getting to what no, you're trying no, to I, get? No, to? no, I, no. I, I, you're, you're, you actually, you did, you definitely answered my question. It's why you're right. Is it is a different viewpoints on theology? So for me, it would be a sense of, or for me, it would be a take on when Jesus says that it's more of when you look at those law and you look at those laws. Um, that is as far as what is the moral trajectory 
he's saying this is this is the moral of what what I guess what is utopian? This is what the rules in utopia would look like. Yeah, yeah. He's like, okay, so that means in utopia that there will be slavery and no, no, slavery no, no, as well. no, no, this, no. That's what you have to well, look, look. Each, uh, you, you remember what I said that each default, the default is freedom, right? You know, so like the reason, the reason, uh, God legislated slavery was for economic purposes, and that's why Israel did it, right? So okay. they. They were trying to prevent poverty, it, it, and that's clearly stated, right? And to to help back on that with with Teddy's idea, yes, the foreigner was voluntary. The sojourner that comes through the land, right? He had the option to sell himself into bondage to to Israel. Now, is now as far as Christ saying, is this the ideal? No, the slavery was never the ideal. Just like he said, the divorce laws. Jesus said himself about the divorce laws. Hey. God did this because okay. you guys' hearts are hardened. So you know that's kind of like. I will say, I guess, because uh, this is going to lead me into like a long discussion that will keep us from the yeah. from the law from the right. from, um, So Teddy, um, essentially the same question to you, um, f as far as um, God's law and late and later words said by people who in the Bible are not God. Um, what is your take on that? I I believe that what's in the Bible is God inspired. So uh, I'm pretty much echoing what uh, okay, David so you're Russell about, said. <laughs> okay, so you're um, Russell. It's okay to you Russell because you're yeah, <laughs> you David too. Okay, uh, so you're kind of echoing the, the Russell on this one. I, I'm I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. You said, "Am I what?" With you're you're going to be you're echoing Russell oh, on this yes. one. Okay, yes. so then yes. I will definitely save further diggins uh for the open discussion then yeah you know i mean i, I don't know where david is right now but if i'm, you just, I'm, just, I'm just hiding so that um so that your pictures end up bigger while you guys are talking and i'm not I, you can you can you can <laughs> also do that by clicking the uh the button that says uh uh like what is it the speaking window <laughs> and then you don't have to worry about it <laughs> Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how this works. I just need no. to know. I just need the button that I can click so that I can pick my nose. Dude, I, and I can't do the show it. without that pirate look in the background. Dude. Okay. Yeah, I'm lost. <laughs> it. Okay. it gives me a sense of comfort, to be quite honest. <laughs> so, Russell, uh, you have the uh, right of last question. I mean, I don't really have a question. I mean, I, I'm pretty much settled on the issue. I, I think you're wrong, David, in this in your in your conclusions here, and so does. Uh, every ancient Near Eastern scholar that I've ever read, um, including atheist scholars such as uh, Josh Bowen, uh, these guys spend their lives studying the ancient Near Eastern cultures and their idea of slavery. And they'll well admit to you this: that is not the the type of slavery unique to the antebellum South. The European slave trade is unique, and so is Islamic slave trade. Okay, I keep I keep hearing that so, it's and, unique. And, and, I don't keep yes. I don't hear how it's unique though. So it's uh, not enough I to just say it's to, unique. You to do, you're going to have to do your homework. Oh, I've I, given you a name. I've given you a name to look well, up. I've you mean to tell me that your argument for uniqueness is I've given you a name and you should research it? Just tell me how it's unique. I will. Great. Well, somebody should. Because we've laid out how it's the same, but we haven't seen how it's different. I'm telling you that. I've given you sources and in my opening argument. Okay, I'll, and I'll, stuff. I'll come and get back to you in four years. 
uh, when I've, when I've uh, gotten my degree on A and E. What what the hell? Are you interested in the study? Are you interested in the study of this, or are you? Are, or is your mind made up? It's a podcast. The my mind is made up because I've studied it. Uh, but that said, okay. if you have some information that I haven't studied, I have been challenging Christians for years, for years to tell me how it is different in some substantive way from the slave trade uh, that we all know and hate. And I keep getting back, well, it just is. Okay, so then That's I can, not I, good I, enough. Then let, let me give you a question then, since I, I kind of see it in my question. Okay, David, you, you, you made a comment earlier about slaves weren't kidnapped in West Africa and sold on the Dutch slave trade, right? Yes, I made that comment. Okay, so you're telling me these people pre-purchased slaves. They didn't. They didn't auction them off at, at a block. Well, they block. were. I mean, I got were, a block sitting down in downtown Fredericksburg right now that I can go to and be like, "Holy crap, this is what yeah, it actually they happened." Were, they were. They were. They were bought and sold. Uh, so, so when they when they went to Africa to take slaves. They bought them from other Africans. They bought these. Oh, now, yeah. You can you yeah. can say, well, how did these yeah. other Africans acquire yeah, these people? Exactly. And, the, and, and I would no say fact. the same the same way that in the Bible they acquired people to sell as well. Um, so I'm not I'm not that, entirely that, sure how you see that as a difference. The but that's no, that's no, no. They didn't do that. Some sold themselves into slavery. Uh, I I would have to strongly disagree with that because they're they're leaving. I mean, as far as like a direct story, the Canaanite is the most direct example you can see where they're literally after a war directed to take people in, women and children, and to, as your yeah, own. Yeah. And, so I would, I would and there's there's, there's also see how we can even mistaken that for them being bought or because acquired for the women because of how they were going to be acquired as. Well, either well, wives of themselves and taken forcibly or sex slaves, and the children were men, I'm sure. We can easily we can easily make that assumption that they were going to be servants of some kind, probably yeah. not willingly. We can easily see that a good majority yeah. of them will like to be served, so you have to just watch them kill your family. Even, even the slavery in Deuteronomy. Just very quickly, even the slavery in Deuteronomy. There's a difference in language, uh, and you can just read it as the passages uh, transition to the different types of slavery. One of the part of the language is uh, you can buy your slaves, and that's language uh, from uh, you know Jews and Gentile slaves. To uh, you can sell your uh, self uh, into slavery. Those are two different things. What the foreigner could not do was buy a Jew uh, in the same way that a Jew could buy a foreigner. These were different kinds of things. Uh, and throughout that passage of uh, Deuteronomy, you can start at verse 30. You can start by a Jew. You could, I'm sorry, you can start yeah, with verse... Not the same way you said that. Right. You can start with verse 39 uh, for those uh, out there who have Bibles and, and actually want to crack them open. You can start uh, in... De uh, I'm sorry, I said Deuteronomy. Leviticus uh, 25, verse 39. And you just read through that. It's all very simple language, even in the King James Version. Uh, doesn't, doesn't matter what version you're using. You can see where some of the language is... Uh, you know, you can take your slaves from here, you can buy your slaves from here, and the others uh, are more of a business arrangement. You can sell yourself for a period of time and uh, be freed uh, from Jubilee. I don't want to take the time to read that uh, yeah. that whole passage uh, because it's quite a lot of it, but it's very clear. How am I going to answer his question? Hold on. You, you can. Yeah, uh, I got two questions now to answer, right? So, 
you were what was your your question um, again so chase because it, i got it was more it was, a, it was more of a a comment into what you're uh saying i was saying okay. yeah you're talking about is, war criminals you're talking about is, yeah the canon example is a direct example of so this so as of right now up to this point we've been kind of every time we are getting to what we're talking about, we keep being brought the example of what's, what's uh, I would say, indentured servitude, if, yeah. if you keep going more to it, but we are talking about in cases where literally, this is literally it's directed to follow what we now know as antebellum slavery in the South, um, a direct relation of how you, how you acquire the slaves and what is to happen to them afterwards. So in Africa, they took care of the war part for them, and now now we're just, for here, we're just at the, and our history is at the purchasing portion of it. Okay, so uh, as far as war criminals in the in in Canaanite in the Canaan times, okay, uh, they're war criminals. Who were you saying they were war criminals? War criminal? War. They were uh, the people that they took as, into forced servitude were like war. Criminals. I, I would have loved to have seen what they're. What? <laughs> they were prisoners of war. They well, yeah, they were prisoners of war, but that yeah. doesn't mean war criminals. You know, you understand there's okay. a difference between a war criminal. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, well, yeah, it's my fault. My fault. Like okay. Prisoners of war. Sorry. Okay. Their, their crimes were idolatry and burning. Wait a minute. The girls that were too young to have had sex, they had crimes? Oh, oh no. Oh, what the, what the hell? We'll get well, David, let's, Russell, let's go back to what you were saying. Sorry, sorry. There's sorry, a whole sorry. backstory okay, so, with virgins. Hey, Teddy, 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 um, Teddy. Let, yeah. let me answer his questions, these two questions first real sure. quick. Okay. Um, as far as I'm not going to use war criminals, my bad. All right. Uh, <laughs> prisoners of war. Okay. I, I, I'm fine with prisoners of war over war okay. criminals. Prisoners. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I bust out the little deck of cards and start showing you the different faces. No. Um, no they, I'm, they I'm not going to hang you over that. <laughs> yeah. So. They were prisoners of war. And uh, there were different treatment for prisoners of war uh, in, in that regard. Absolutely. Um, and there's reasons for it. And they had their reasons for it. And it's explained in. In, Le in Leviticus and, and what could happen if they were allowed to just go free and stuff. Uh, also, you got to keep in mind that Israel, Israeli, they did not have a prison system. So instead of uh, keeping them in chains all, all the time, they moved them into their houses and they, they and they worked. And it's kind of like what the serfs were to the king. And you can see that all throughout the ancient Near East. And that's how they did it all throughout the ancient Near East. Again, a great book. To read on ancient Near Eastern law is that uh, the history of the ancient Near Eastern law, which, like I said, was comprised with 22 scholars, this two-volume set, and they go through every legal document that uh, that uh, that that has ever been found on the ancient Near East. It's a, it's an amazing read. It's an amazing read, and you'll learn a lot, especially on slavery, because they have a whole section on it. Um, and you'll see that that there's there's a fine difference. Between antebellum slavery versus that, David, you have an you argument said, that you can just give about. rather than just saying there is a difference and read this book. I, I'm on a podcast; I can't stop and read the book. So can I, you I, please? How about I give you a laundry list? We're talking about Israel's law, and you guys are telling us that there are a lot of Eastern law. That's great, but we we are actually looking at the law of which they have followed in the in, in the the ancient Near East covers Israel. Okay. The East, the any culture that covers Israel as well. So, and so now my yeah, question, because I, I haven't read this, I haven't read this yeah, other book. Fine. 
Is it saying that that these laws that are differing from what are in the Bible? No, 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 no. They don't. No, okay, so, so, so reading so the Bible should be enough. The Bible is enough. So but the cultures here. also surrounding them, the cultures that also yeah, surround no, but, but we all that's that's Israel's Israel's goal was to change those cultures to their culture for one, through way of conquest, which was their god, which was the directive given to them by their god. So it's the it's it's the right assumption to, to know that these places were gonna be under that law that is in the Bible. Just because they have different laws, that's why they're being hunted by the Israelites in the first place, or being sought out by uh, by that nation in the first place, because they practice different law. So if they practice different law, that means it is the wrong law, not God's law. We are talking about the law that you guys are arguing for God's law, which is in the Bible. Well, I'm also including what the practices that went on in the ancient world. But that would still be considered wrong. You have to for wrong practices. I'm not, I'm not differentiating whether whether one thing's right or wrong. What I'm saying is that all cultures at that time dealt with these issues, and that's well, all. I'm, all I'm I've read the Bible. I haven't read the book that you're referring to. Properly, uh, properly handle slavery, which means he advocates for slavery, which is in this book that we're talking about. You're talking about other books. You're telling me, let's talk about other nations' law. Well, that is great that they have other things that deal with slavery, but your God was basically giving you the question, and this is his answer. Well, God definitely uh, was <laughs> the idea. It wasn't the idea, but he legislated it. Well, right? I would say, no. so, okay, so if that's the case, then why didn't he just, why didn't he just say, don't own other humans? When, people, when, you are, when, you are, when you are met with foreigners, greet them with open arms and lovingly. Make them literally one of your, make them literally one of your own and do not own them whatsoever. If they need property, give them property. If they need, if, I mean, essentially, like, there's, you could, this whole system could have been done without having to be with a man within an inch of his life and it being okay. Or trying to trick another, or trying to trick another man into staying with him because now you own his family because he inadvertently uh, had a family through the slave master's daughter. But these are in the Bible, these are rules in the Bible that God laid out himself. Chase, you're looking at, you're judging a, a, uh, a culture that existed over four thousand years ago, thinking that they could just uproot everything that's been taught to them. Uh, they, Why not? They, God they couldn't. Regularly did, God regularly did that with His laws regularly, and oh, they the regularly time. did not follow them. Yeah. I understand their argument that they just didn't follow His law, but He gave a law and they followed it. God deals with culture in their time and in their context. So is that why He told them not to eat seafood? You can tell them not to eat seafood in certain colors, but you can't tell them not to own your not own the human being. Like I said, you could. And also, your God is also not strong, not strong enough, or strong willed enough to do to to make that statement on people's culture. You're you're trying again, again. It's like trying to put a baby behind the wheel of a car. His civilization wasn't there yet. God dealt with the culture. Which one was the greater moral issue to deal with: eating shellfish or ending slavery? Go ahead, Teddy. Forgetting this is Sorry. mutually <laughs> This is Teddy's question, by the way. You've been out of this for a minute. I would like to hear your point. Teddy, so I would like to this is what the people pay for. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Okay. Let the bear come in now. Here. Yeah, well, Teddy. You you had a laundry <laughs> list. You had a laundry list. Just give me you one. You ready for the laundry? I'm going to give you more than give one. Your, please, give me one. Give your best one. All right, I would love first of all, kidnapping, the source of uh, the humans that were being used in servitude, kidnapping. We all know that the Africans that were brought to America were kidnapped. I'm sorry, are you, right? denying, the, are you denying the history that uh, 
Africans sold Africans to Europeans. Are you are you yeah. denying that history? Yeah. Because this is easy history to look up. If if you're saying if you're I saying know. that that didn't happen, I would just say you could stop talking right now because okay, you don't you know, know what the what? hell you're talking about. I know I am well aware <laughs> that they were selling great next them point to the Americans. But wait, 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 wait. You just counted your own pun by answering that question. Okay, wait a minute. No, I did not. No, I didn't. Listen, David, if I, stop, wait, 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 wait. If I kidnap someone and then I sell them to you, do you think that person, just because you bought him, that he's still not kidnapped? Of course he is. Well, look, I don't know, I don't know where the chain begins, but I asked the same question about uh, the slaves that the Jews bought. Uh, how did those slaves end up on the market for buying? Now, one of the, well, hold on. One of, one of the ways we saw Jews acquiring slaves and people becoming slaves in the A&E is through war and being captured, dare I say, kidnapped. Uh, now, we, 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 move it, we move it one down and someone buys them and we enter God's law. Now you can buy your slaves but from foreigners. But that's because there are three different types of situations. You can't buy you Jews. Can Jews can't buy you Jews. Only can. Jews. Only you Jews can be able to make an decision. Yeah. Buy your male and female slaves from, from the foreigners. And actually, you could make a Jew be forever a slave. There's a, I can actually pull up the verses that there are the process for that. And yeah, no, you can't make them. That is where a Jew okay. chooses okay. to become a but, slave. Hey, I'm, I'm curious, you had a laundry list, Teddy, and your Teddy, first, I, your first Teddy, piece of laundry is still dirty. Y'all don't let me finish. Okay, yeah, well, give, give, me, give me one that's not so okay. easily refuted. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, rape. Brutal beatings, people being targeted because of their race, the master. No, we're talking. Wait, 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 wait. Go, go back to race. Go back to race. Go back to race. We're talking. Let's talk about what was going on because you asked for a distinction. Right. Sometimes, sometimes female slaves on. were used as sexual partners for okay. white uh, male uh, white owners. You realize okay. that that was true in the Bible, right? In fact, it was it was legislated in the Bible. You want me to read? You want me to read to you? Wait, what now? Here, let me help you. What are you saying? No, no, uh, no. What are you? What are you claiming? What am I claiming? I'm claiming that women who were bought as slaves were used for sex in the Bible. That's what I'm claiming. Would you Would you like okay. me to read well, to you? Are, well, I'm familiar with. Are you? Are you? Okay, look. Well, then are you saying that's not right? Okay. There are, there were, Teddy, in biblical, Teddy. hold on, Alyssa, hold on. In biblical times, there were arranged marriages. Okay, so we're not talking about arranged marriages. Let me, let me just read real quick. I've got it queued up here. If a, if a man sells his, mm, whoa, 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 this is not arranged marriage. Listen, listen. If a man sells his daughter, as a as a uh, servant, slave, eved, what, whatever you want to let's just say, eved, uh, she is not to go. Hold on, she is not to go free as a male as male servants do. Uh, so that that's the first thing. Uh, 
she there's no she's she's not going free. Uh, that's because when they if if she does not please the master who has selected her for himself he must let her be redeemed he has no right to sell her this is very progressive by the way he has no right to sell her to foreigner because uh, he has broken faith with her if he selects her for his son he must grant her the rights of a daughter you see now I can buy my son a wife um is, is this a one man, one woman for life kind of, of life? The- Hang on. He must not, uh, he must not deprive the, uh, wait a minute. If he marries another woman, so it's not like this is a proper wife. If he marries another woman, he must no, not deprive the wife. first one of uh, food, clothing, uh, uh, and marital rights. And if he does not provide her with these things, she, uh, is, is free to go in, uh, you know, no one has to try to pay for her um, uh, freedom, that sort of thing. So this is this is probably one of the most progressive passages in the Bible on slavery. And for female slaves, they were used as wives for the person who bought them or wives for their sons. They were sex slaves. That's okay. what they no, were. And you can call them wives. Sex. That's it's fine if you want to call them wives and daughters in law, and they but they were the they were purchased for uh, sorry they were purchased for uh, life no, as, as sex partners. Please the man in, as uh, in any so uh, uh, in those times we definitely know that a, a woman's goal, uh, her directing whatever words you want to use there was especially in that situation because they also talk about it, is to ultimately please the husband. And if he does, and she if she is unsuccessful in that, that is also grounds for how uh, you can get rid of her. And that is the only that is the only case. Does, it doesn't even need a proper divorce. What source do you have for that? Huh? What, what source do you have that? What? That's it. Uh, that, that's in the Bible. So give me one. Wouldn't that be a brilliant way for uh, a woman to get Now, okay, let's back uh, if up. You could, if you could all, give me a source that says that they have to have the man and stuff like the, that. Yes. Well, the we just female, we just we just read from did not from have here. agency in which to to um sell herself. Okay, so it would be her just 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 real quick, Teddy. Exodus chapter twenty one, verse seven. You can you can read there uh, and and see what the words say for yourself. Anyone following along? You found it already. Uh, just tell me what just, what it refers to because I'm familiar with all these passages. Well, apparently not. It's just about. But I, but you, I, but no, you were. I, if y'all would let me get a word in, I'll tell you. Well, Teddy, I, I'm going to let you get so many more words in because they are so entertaining. You were trying to give me a list of of ways that uh, antebellum slavery was different from biblical slavery, I and you brought am. up rape. Okay. And I'm and, and I'm just you telling you, if you're talking see? about if you're talking about using female slaves for sex, that is that no, is what the female slaves right. were for okay. in no, the in the Bible. Okay. Give me another uh, give no, me another no, differentiator. Okay. No, no, let's first deal with this one because I okay, with rape, we all know that in the antebellum south and with lots of slaves in whatever form they take. Lots of times the masters would rape the women. What do you now, mean rape the women? We they were all, just treating no, them like wives. No, no. Oh, wait a minute. They, they were just, was, they were like wives. Are you telling me? I, I, 
tell me which uh, slave owner in the antebellum South married his slave. That he, well, that these he people didn't marry with. their slaves either. They just treated yes, them. Uh, they, they treated did. them like no, no, waves, no. in that they you were uh, involuntary sex partners. Russell? No, 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 no! You are absolutely one hundred percent incorrect. I'm just Even reading the. I'm just reading the Bible, and I don't think that you're making uh -uh. your point. Maybe you've no, got no. another way to I differentiate. I will tell you. I, no, no. I will tell you with even the prison, the females that were prisoners of war. So when the Israelites would go and um, and and you know. Uh, ha capture their prisoners of war and yes and take the take the girls who were too young to have had so, sex yeah i get it and, and make them so wives let's, shave let's their talk hair about got those, it let's talk let's talk about those virgins number David. numbers 31 want to get to that where where it talked about how this was not in my write-up i didn't really want to get to they, it but sure numbers or, 31 or for you before we get into before we get into, into that, uh, I would like to answer Russell's question about where it's set, where it talks about the women um, only being freed if they if the man is not pleased. Um, that would be Deuteronomy twenty one, uh, starting at verse ten, and this is actually in talking about it's actually leading us back to prisoners of war as well. Um, when you go to war against your enemies and the Lord your God delivers them into your hands and you take captives, if you notice someone with captives beautiful women and are attracted to her, you may take a, you may take her as your wife. Um, bring her into your home and have and have her shave her head, trim her nails, put aside the clothes she's wearing when put aside the clothes she's wearing when captured. After she's lived in your house and mourned her father and mother for a full month, so I mean at least I gave her a month to get over it. Uh, then you'll go to her. And, and go to her and be her husband and shall and she shall be your wife so essentially so this was so so this has to be the intention of the man but she was already planning to be in the first place so this has everything to do with a prisoner of war situation anyway but he can't just rape her and, uh, uh, yes yes you can so if you are not no, pleased no, no, no. with her I, you can, her you can go. wait a minute Mosaic if you are not law. pleased with her Hold on. This and the first of all, this is that I'm actually simply stating. I was actually simply asking Teddy's question on where if a man, the only situation in which a woman can be like those, if she's not pleased, if, if a man's not pleased with her, this is that passage. Um, if you are not pleased with her, let her go uh, wherever she wishes, which is nice. You must not sell her or treat her as a slave, since you have since you have dishonored her, dishonored her. Which means, that, since you know, and honor in that case means she's no longer a virgin. You can also take her at that point. Right. And you can no longer treat her as a slave because guess what? She was a slave. This is sex slavery. This is what we call this is how we define sex slavery. Get rid of her viewer now. Not because her she's living her time. She was just Look, no, she was taken as a captor and used as a wife. Okay. Let's let's be very clear about that. And, and by the way, in, and that's and hey, why don't we give Ted, Teddy a chance to respond? Let's give Teddy a full chance to respond without interrupting. Sure, yeah. she can she can yeah, respond like, when she stops saying clearly false things. Go ahead, Teddy. It, uh, no, it is not yeah, false. Even she is false, so that way you can counter it instead of like you know looking like a bully. We do have to at least let her flesh some of these out so we can have something to What? Okay, so now let's... You're going to try to stop a man with an eye patch? It, it, it is... Uh, are you going to stop a bear? <laughs> Teddy the bear? 
Go, go ahead, Fozzie. What do you, what you got? All right. Ain't no Fozzie. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so, uh, you know, as Chase mentioned, it talks about taking her as a wife. They cannot, because lest we forget, fornication is not exactly permitted under Mosaic law. In fact, it's a death penalty offense, right? So, so what do you mean by fornication? Having sex outside of marriage. How many so marriages could has, you have? He has to marry or even a concubine has legal rights. Okay. So if that would elevate a, 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 a servant, slave, whatever you want to call them, if they become a wife, they have the same rights as a typical uh, Israelite, uh, a native-born Israelite um, wife. And so that... How many wives could a person a have under this, type of, under this type of rule? Now, How many? God does not really think highly of polygamy and everywhere there's polygamy in the bible it doesn't end well because it does not conform to the ideal of one man one woman you so are right you are aware so that I, women have different have different rights so and can they have well, more right. than one yeah technically okay um, so i just yeah, i i'm just i'm just trying to make a very quick point here as as you're trying to sugarcoat this thing Men could call as men could call as many of these slaves wives as they wanted to. They could use them, and uh, then when they're not pleased with them, discard them. And you can say that that's marriage all you like. Free. You you can, right. Free. So you can cap you can buy them or capture them, use them, and then get rid of them. So that's that is that is codified in these passages that we're talking about. And you are you are somehow trying to defend this as a moral thing this is not what we call wives in our culture and if this is what they called wives in their culture and this is what god considered to as wives god is a bigger fuck up than i thought he was this is a culture where arranged marriages was permitted. That's not an arranged marriage. That's buying a slave. Why is God not strong in our culture? No, it is. It is. Why is God not stronger than a culture? Why God is you believe he's easily able to get a directive on things and change whole cultures? But on this one topic, he seems pretty hell-bent on staying in their culture and not uprooting it. While all the while he has Nasty things happen when people have free will. And, and so okay, that, so that's, oh, I, you know what? I have a question for you. I have a question for you. So do you believe there's free will? Um, you believe in heaven, right? Yes. You believe there's free will in heaven, right? I don't know if there is free will in heaven. I don't know that the Bible speaks of of what the situation is with regard to our uh, having free will in terms of in so, heaven. So I have no idea. So, so, so do you think we hey, 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 for all First. who are listening, we are now off topic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm so sorry. We have fallen off topic. No, it's good. Uh, go ahead. Um, it's, a good, it's a good icebreaker. Okay. Are you... Are you 
So do you believe that in heaven? So I mean, do you, do you have ideas, or do you have, do you believe in heaven, but just it's just a place and that's it, or do you believe there are actual um, properties and and things going on in heaven, as, at least as far as right now in your belief of it? When you say properties, do you mean just uh, are we reunited with our loved ones and seeing um, God and? Well, so I'm um, so. So I mean, so it sounds like you have this idea, of like you're you're going to, you're going to this place where you get to see all these all these people you love and cherish and 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 do what and do things you love and cherish, correct? I I mean I don't know the details of heaven. I know that it's supposed it's, to be an awesome yeah, hey, just, reward. Just give give you give your give your uh, thought there, Chase. So well, your punchline. Right. No, it's fine. So I mean, so I mean, well, so. In all in all these cases, we, we are talking about a person who gives overall moral corrective to the people that he is over. Um, and in heaven, you're in a lot of these cases, you're saying, well, he couldn't do things here because of free will. Um, he couldn't make he couldn't change a lot of things because of the free will of these people. Uh, one, I don't see that as being a problem as to why he still couldn't give the law and and uh, for people for people to follow in the first place. Because he, he, because he, because, because he does that. He gave laws, but he did not tell us not to own people. On this subject that we're talking about, he most definitely did not. So which leads me to believe, which leads me to believe that if I went to heaven, I can possibly see slavery up there if that was a real place. Because if people, if people have, if if there is free will in heaven and slavery is not a bad thing, it's not a sin in any way, shape, form that I'm seeing um, from from the from the Bible, from the from the rules itself, any of that. In the right circumstances, the person so chooses the free will to do so in heaven. If, 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 we're, if we're just going to assume this free will in heaven, at least at this point, um, there's going to be slavery in heaven. And if, and if that person gets uh, as unpleased with them, he can beat them with an inch of his life in heaven, whatever that may look like. And then, as long as he doesn't die or take or, or maim him or take his eye or whatever, God's fine with it. So heaven really doesn't sound like much of this utopia. It sounds like a place where. Uh, like, like, like these are like these are the moments God has here and what He had for ideally perfect place, and He's trying to work His way for that. This perfect place doesn't sound very great in any 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 sense. Okay, but here oh. here's the thing, Chase. We are God's servant. We are God's avenger. So we can be with an inch of my life, whether, as long whether, as I'm not maimed or no, dead. No, and no, whether you I want have a problem. to call him. Whether you want to refer to it as a servant or slave, we are God's servant. Okay, slash. right. So then all the rules apply. So when we go to heaven, yeah, and I the guess rules for you also apply. If a man wants to buy a woman, to buy you or a woman, any other woman in heaven, they have the right to do so because uh, I mean I can I can we can even do plenty. Of, Especially the we're not even <laughs> married. We're not even considered really married and stuff like that. From it seems like I've read that somewhere in heaven that I mean we're yeah. we're all just kind of. Uh, I was going to say if there's free will, you'd be able to get married if you said hang out. Okay. But, but 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 back to the whole. Thing Who needs marriage when you can just buy a woman? It is like, buying a okay. Let's get back to this whole misconception about. Buying a woman. These are arranged marriages. The that woman does not have agency. In, you agree with in, that, in, uh, Russell? In in your reading of A and E, is is buying slaves the same as arranged marriage? No. You're conflating two different no. things. That is not this. We're okay. Listen, with 
the females, the females are treated differently than the males. Okay. With the females, that has to be done through the father and presumably the father, and that's only going to be if they are so impoverished. Because remember, God commands the Israelites to to, uh, for example, leave the corners of, you know, where they're farming, uh, leave that available for the Teddy, poor. you realize that today lives. in many parts of the world, fathers sell their daughters because they're impoverished. Uh, we, would, we would consider yes. that a criminal act. Uh, you are defending this as an, as an act culture. of a just God. I... Um, I sell my property to people. God did not say, hey, have arranged marriages. Now, arranged marriages, that's a whole other topic. Well, when a man sells his daughter as a as a slave today, he is uh, they can. I'm sure they call it arranged marriages. Uh, People you you go to India, uh, people are selling their daughters right now. But that's but David, the differentiation is we have to learn what they meant back then and we can't judge it with our our model okay, so I'm saying is it's, okay, it's so wrong so it's wrong if we do it today and Teddy is saying that it's okay then there is wrong no, yeah, so let's, there, so, is, so, there yeah, is there is there is wrong judge things judge that we do then. then yeah Yes. What what's happening? Do you understand? Do you understand? Finding a woman, and that contract only says that this man now owns this woman. That's all that binding contract is saying. And that this contract, you understand, to, I, as I stated earlier, you do understand that terms like property and that, stuff. That is property. They, they take what is ownership? No, no, they take. They date no, it's not. Not in Israel. Not in, no. in the biblical language. Because yes, he said, look at any because he said, because he says you can sell them like if you can pass a person down like a house, that is the same equivalent of property. No, it's not. No, it's not. It, dude, it's not like that. And that's what I'm saying. It says you may. Is the default. Right, like so I, mean, I told you, it, right, you don't did you have to, get, you don't have to pass down your house. house. Look, look, did you, did, you, did, you, pass did you pass on your wife? Did you listen to my opening where I said we're talking about the foreigner and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It says you may do these things, you may not. It's not the idea, ideal, right? Uh, you know, he never the says idea. these are not the ideal. Saying you may is that whole <laughs> life. The <laughs> these are life, these are actions. The not the ideal. These are actions that but I. If I'm gonna take, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna assume and how one is gonna give this directive. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But, but, but. You get the directive earlier in in uh, in Leviticus in Leviticus. It didn't start with nineteen. It started with how you should own people. No, no, not in Leviticus nineteen. It did not. What does Leviticus mean? I don't have Leviticus nineteen pulled up in front of me to know exactly what it says offhand. Sorry. It, says, it teaches you how to treat the foreigner in the land. We're talking about a system that comes in on hard times. It comes in in economic, and they volunteer. Right, and you're telling, but then you keep telling me that your God is so weak willed that He can't tell okay. people not to own people. He's I, I just, it's, He's not in favor. Of being just, just as, just from from David's point that uh, it's not property and ownership. I just, I just want a clarification. So maybe you were right, uh, David. But when I read these words, I don't, I don't get that. It says you may. Uh, also by, um, well, let me let me just read the previous verse so there's no question about that. Your male and female slaves are to come from the nations around you, uh, and, fr- and, and then from them you may buy slaves, and it says you may also buy some of the temporary residents 
uh, living among you and members of their clans born in your country. So there's uh, three different categories of uh, foreigners. And it says, and they will, not may, will become your property. Um, and those are, those are the direct words. I'm not sure which translation this is. I think it's the NIV. Yeah, and you got to get into uh, the Hebrew can, for property. Those you can you can there. bequeath them to put uh, to <laughs> your children <laughs> as as inherited property. And so again, the so second I mean, second time, you, you can bequeath them for for inherited oh, property. So yeah, th- this oh, is. I'll, I'm just asking for a clarification, Eric, because if there is something that is very academic about this that I'm missing, uh, I know that you're going to school and you're studying uh, some of this stuff, and I uh, yield to your insight on what this might mean, other than what it seems to obviously say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the case. And Chase, this answers your question too. Uh, that's the case whenever you read a, a a document that's thousands and thousands of years old. Right. You have to understand it in the context in which they wrote it. Right. So, I mean, it's easy for us to put these type of spins on them. Right. Because of what we've experienced. Right, but just tell me what it, what it does it. mean. So I, mean property, I, I can, I can, I can definitely probably say I haven't put a spin on anything as of yet for context. I've actually sat, sat with you guys and stayed in the times and in the context of the writing. So I don't see where okay. this is where that is. Where that is valid here, so so, so, to speak. so what what have you stayed in in context on? That's what I. So that's what I we we've been we've been reading all the passages and, and, yeah, we've been reading literally the passages and 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 yeah. even what those ownerships even mean. And you and you, and you told and, Teddy that she has that that we're trusting a mistranslation. No, we're actually not. What we're actually trusting is the original language. Well, and tell we're going tell back tell, and tell me and what it means. And that's what I'm doing. And I'm, right. I'm getting there, David. I'm yeah. getting there. I promise. Right. Speak okay. speak some Hebrew so, to me. Uh, <laughs> <that'll>, <laughs> according, to, according to scholars of this of this time. Uh, uh, Property it gives an anthropologist pause, right? So, uh, um, uh, as far as as property goes, it's and I can't. Let me see if my notes here have it in my opening. Um, I know there's some other uh, in the Hebrew. It it doesn't read quite. I mean, what the problem when you get into translations, uh, not just from one language to the other, but then you have all these different uh, uh, versions Teddy, of the are you Bible fluent in Hebrew? that get fast and loose. With are you things. fluent in Hebrew, Teddy? I am not, but I've looked okay. up certain words or, and read where Okay, but you're pretty fluent in English, they, right? I would say so. All right. So when you read a Bible, you read the English Bible, not the Hebrew Bible. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, great. So assuming that you would recommend we read the same Bible as you, I'm not entirely sure what argument you are making that it's so much different in the Hebrew. Uh, it, It must be clear enough. Uh, in an English Bible, or else it's no good. No, no, I'm telling you, there are certain. You use the English Bible time. because you're not fluent in Hebrew. <laughs> Same with me. When we get now talking about is vast. But no, 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 no. When we get to certain passages, I mean, one really cannot deny this. Sometimes. Uh, you don't need words to just be super precise to convey information. Right. Uh, and, and so, so sometimes in I'm, these I'm just waiting for Bible, I'm just waiting for a resident scholar to tell us what it means that you will become property uh, and that okay, you can so pass that property, property on to your kids. 
property uh, uh, in Israeli, the Israeli notion of property in the law was severely restricted to economic output only, all right? uh, not ownership of a disposable good. So their ownership was their services, not the, the person themselves. That's why they gave stuff called like quit rent. Have you ever – you even know that about quit rent, right? No. It was basically mm-hmm. what uh, 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 a, a person could give their slave uh, – um, I don't know if you all play Xbox, but V-Bucks, right? It's like yeah, fake money, I, right? I'm familiar so with those, but I don't play. So basically, so basically the, the slave would – you know, give this to the for his services. He would give this. It's like an economic transition uh, transaction. He would give these quit rents to the owner. And once he was once he had paid that owner with enough of his services, he was no longer uh, obligated to work for him for in, in any capacity. Right. However, he was still bound to that family. Right. As a servant. And he would serve in other ways. So uh, that's what a quit rent would would do. So I mean, these 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 people had rights. What does it their, mean that they that were bound like to that family, but not the servant? Like you don't get freed of your duty as a slave. It sounds like you just you know for this period of a month or year, however uh, long, no, you're tasked with it, being it, a store it, owner it, or a yeah, your maid or whatever. Here's the thing, but no, but here's the thing: is they tied themselves together. Chase, they would, they would, they would. No, 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 no. This would be their work, their economic worth, because a lot of them were tradesmen, scholars, stuff like that, right? So what would happen is because they were still tied to this family. Okay, they would be allowed to uh, okay, start another business. Okay, so I'm I'm just having they, trouble with the language uh, here. You can you can bequeath them stuff. to your children as inherited property. Uh, yes. are they saying you get you can inherit yeah. their service or you? I you don't understand. Inherit, you can you can inherit their servitude. Absolutely. Okay, right? so they say no. No, it's not mandatory. If, it's not mandatory. If it's, it's a, a, if it's a, yes, if it's a sojourner. If it's, if it's a foreigner, so do we have evidence uh, of them being able to deny service rightfully and being rightfully and it be rightfully done? Yeah, I don't, I don't see that. I haven't seen that. Uh, so no, I, that's, I'm, 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 I'm here, here for it. I just, I just, because, well, the evidence. The okay, so, so if you look back and, and if you look, yeah, but if you look, you got to remember <laughs> depending on the foreigner. Okay, so I, I got my Bible right here. Just tell me, just tell me where to look. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. Situation in Israel at this time. You're a foreigner. You probably believed in other gods. It's one of the reasons they couldn't own lands is because they're pagan, right? So that that had something to do with that. Israel did have class uh, class issues with with stuff like that. Um, the ones the that, that, that converted, like Teddy said, the ones that converted, like Teddy said, would be given Hebrew status, and they could and they would they would experience the same laws. Of Hebrew, otherwise they'd have to follow in the law of the foreigners, as far as the, right. the laws that proceeded before Leviticus twenty five forty seven. And the only distinction was the and that's in land the early, and jubilee and the six I mean, years. It sounds to me like you could be you could be free in Israel up until up until Israel wanted you. Like as a foreigner, something you could be free in Israel up until Israel wanted you. Well, I, I'm I, I couldn't hear you, Chase. Can it you sounds like. As a foreigner in Israel, like let's just say, like in this situation, like I'm the I'm the foreigner who has my freedom in Israel. It sounds like that's only going to last until the next Israeli wants me. No, 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 no. 
Now let's go. Because he says they can just, just pick them from among no, you. No, 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 And I'm sure, no, no, I'm no. sure like what ways around maybe have like being so a certain age. Chase, there is, there is a Bible thing, passage. Hey, Chase. Oh, wait a minute. Teddy's about to give us a Bible passage. That would be unique. Well, I got to find it first. There are like 10 million Bible passages dealing with this. But there is a Bible passage that talks specifically about foreigners owning israelites but i'm talking about being i'm talking about i can read that for you teddy i can read that for you if a foreigner let me read it for you teddy uh, because I've got it here. I know that I know that you. And it's bring, got the whole yeah. thing about redemption, where yeah, God yeah, wants right. to encourage other Jews to redeem the Jew that's in. It has nothing to do with for, for foreigner. foreigner. You're talking right. About so the foreigners, <laughs> foreigners, foreigners owning Jews had to basically obey the laws of Jews owning Jews. Uh, but Jews owning foreigners, that was a different law. I mean, I can read it for you if you like, Teddy, but it, it's not going to help your case. I, I, I'm, I'm, yes, it, it. it my point is, okay. is it it does it absolutely proves my point to Chase that it's not like foreigners are in danger of becoming snatched up as slaves yes, because that would be yes, no, yes, no, yes. Okay, Jews aren't. You're right. Jews are Jews are not in danger of being snatched up okay. by foreigners to become slaves, but okay, foreigners look, are in danger of being snatched up by no, Jews. They, they can't be snatched no, up. They, they have not. to. They okay. volunteer their services they okay have, so what, this are is not this is this is what this is what chase is talking about and so i just okay let, there like, are all right let's let david let david talk let this is this is what chase is this is what chase is talking about i, I you know i'm I'm here to provide the Bible for, for the things you guys are saying, if I can find it. <laughs> Your male and female slaves are to come from the nations around <laughs> you. That's one. From them, you may buy slaves. Uh, and then it says you may also buy uh, some of the temporary residents. You were talking about some of the temporary residents, uh, David. And buy slaves from the temporary residents living among you and members uh, of their clans, both in your country, uh, and they will become uh, your property. So the, it, these are the various places and ways that a person hanging about uh, Israel could become a slave. Um, it, it there doesn't seem to be a great deal of protection there. But I, if I, if you, if I, I may, the bear needs to come in. If let me just read one more passage because again, I like to bring in the Bible whenever talking about the Christian God. Um, it is. Uh, it is referring to something that you were saying earlier in your opening statement, Teddy, about, uh, and it's been referred to throughout this podcast about snatching people, kidnapping people. Um, if someone, if someone is caught kidnapping a fellow Israelite, now there's other passages that talk about this and they don't have this particular detail. Uh, this is, uh, Deuteronomy, uh, 24, uh, seven, if, a, if someone is caught kidnapping a fellow Israelite and treating or selling them as a slave, the kidnapper must die. Okay, so you were saying this is kind of a, a generic rule, and this seems to apply to kidnapping 
Israelites. Uh, this feeds into the two separate rules that God had okay. for for Jews. It was okay to it was okay to have a kind of indentured servitude for a temporary period of time. For foreigners, it was okay to take them and treat them as slaves. Um, uh, in the in the earlier passage that we were reading. Um, uh, it's it ends one of those readings with with these words. I just want to use the exact uh, words so that um, so that people get it. Okay, it says uh, you can bequeath them uh, to your children as inherited property and can make them slaves for life, but you must not rule over your fellow Israelites ruthlessly. Now, no one's even talking about ruthless uh, ruling until this passage says now you can't rule ruthlessly over the Israelites, indicating that you could rule ruthlessly over foreigners. And so there's well, there are two sets of ideas here that actually, are, that are be, in play. Because no, you, no, can hit, you can hit the well, foreigner. Do you want me to read it again? The, I don't read it, though. Maybe you can read it. With the, the rod. Just, okay. just a second, Teddy. So David, that would be Russell, Russell, Russell needs to spank me. Go ahead, Russell. Uh, so, Russell, oh, go ahead, Russell, actually. Go ahead. Go ahead, Russell. All right. Okay, so, uh, there's a lot to be said on, on, on this chapter. It's, it's like I told you, it's one of the ones I wrestled with as well. But it's you have to take it in the backdrop of what is already deemed as what is already slavery, according to Leviticus. And then you also got to treat the, the foreigner like you treat uh, your neighbor. Uh, it says, uh, it, it, and this. All this in the law here at Leviticus 25 parallels. You have to parallel it with the previous context. Okay, the previous uh, 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 laws regarding foreigners, such as Leviticus 19:33, which says, "When a foreigner lives with you in your land, you must not oppress him. You must regard the foreigner who lives with you as native-born among you. You are to love him as yourself." For you were foreigners in the land of Egypt. See, there's a tie-in here that you guys are, aren't getting. You have to be able to read the entirety of it. You can't cherry-pick the verses, and that's what you're doing. And, and I hate it, but that's that's the case. I'm trying to, you know, we're trying to lay some groundwork um, for you're it. Just, so. You're just skipping over the verses that don't don't look good, and you're not that's you're it. not giving it's me not. any way I'm, to understanding them. But I just told you how it relates that. You have to understand. Well, how does it? How uh, does it relate? Verse that comes before. How, you have to understand a verse that comes before. I've, on the I've read the whole thing. I promise. Un unlike most of the Christians in this audience, I've read all of Leviticus. And so, and if that's the case, so and if that's the case, it sounds like then. Okay, so then. Okay, so so okay, okay, so then. Russell, Russell, If that's the case, then maybe I'm not so much a dangerous foreigner. It just means that if I fuck up. <laughs> then I'm in danger because essentially, like that, that, that that's a, I think that's what that's what, like, that's my issue with. Like, I mean, a lot of people aren't understanding is that just because it has it tells you how to how to treat people on general, like you know, in, in between bad happenings, how to treat people when that bad happening arises, it has a it has a specific uh, directive on how to handle it. So essentially, like, me as a foreigner, all I have to do is mess up living in these Israel countries, and that's grown to the left as a slave because I no. owe them something. That's, so, no. that's, that's I'm, going to, I'm going to give you the floor, Teddy, but I even, even, with, other, even uh, with other things, you can now take that case. Huh? Where did you get that? If they mess up, there, there. It says, "Do not oppress them," and they have right. to treat so, them like yourself. So, 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 so if you're treating so, them like themselves, right. they have to treat them as so Hebrews a Jew, under if the a, law. If a Hebrew owes another Hebrew something, he's unable to pay their debt. That man, that that Hebrew is now obligated to now fulfill that debt. 
He's able to take me as a slave by right of law. That is not treating anybody wrong. No! That is treating him as the brother next to you. That is the law. Okay. Let we need to add. And it's all voluntary, right? So, Teddy, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give the floor um, to Teddy here for a for a moment. Now I have to go to court and die, possibly. I keep objecting to it. No! I'm going to I'm going to give the floor to Teddy here for a moment. Yes, I'm sorry, but I won't. But looking at the clock. Looking at the clock, I have I've already let this farce go on too long. Uh to get time, David. And and edit and editing video is hard. So I so I want to get this out today. I want people to I want people to be able to consume this. So uh I want you to start thinking about wrapping up, or if you have been reserving if you have been reserving some great point for just the right time. This is the right time. Bring out your best ammunition. So we're going to go one or two more rounds of general chaos, and then we're going to wrap it up with some closing statements. So, Teddy, I am going to give you, against my better judgment, some ex- <laughs> some extended time to get into whatever case you think you have been cheated out of making. Uh, and you've heard some of the objections. You have heard me say, uh, "Please come up with some kind of differentiation between that slavery and chattel slavery." Yes, you've you've heard all, you've you've heard all of this. I want you to start uh, dealing with this directly. Like I said, I'm going to give you you know maybe as much as ten minutes uh, of unbroken time so that you don't go whining about being cheated out of time. <laughs> so <laughs> so here you go. Uh, and if during this time you want to ask someone a question, please wait to the end uh, uh, before you do that, because I don't want a, a, another Q&A to eat into your time to finish making your case. This is mostly your case. So uh, you, you may have the floor again. All right. So what I have been trying to get uh, across to everybody, and I've got the passages right in front of me. I had talked about the runaway slave passage. That's Deuteronomy 23, uh, 15 through 16. And it says, you shall not give back to his master the slave who has escaped from his master to you. He may dwell with you in your midst, in the place which he chooses within one of your gates where it seems best to him, the runaway slave. You shall not oppress him. Do you hear that? You shall not oppress him. This is because if the, and and, and the, the rationale, okay, no, this is no longer the verse, but me just talking about it. That's because if the master is abusive or violates the rules by being harsh and ungodly to the servant, the servant can just fly the coop and then everybody's got to treat them well. Now, so if if a servant can just fly the coop, why don't they all fly the coop? Well, the reason why is because the servant wasn't snatched into servitude the the servant voluntarily wanted to get into servitude because the servant wanted to be taken care of in exchange for his labor because for example 
look at things today. Lots of times people are looking for work and steady work to support themselves, to put food on the table, to give themselves shelter and their family shelter, but they don't have the work. So when they enter into this sort of contractual relationship, then basically they've got a steady stream of work that and and they get taken care of and so that's the exchange the the master gets a steady stream of labor and the the servant gets a steady stream of being taken care of so we so but it the moment that things become oppressive or abusive and it doesn't have to the right to to rise to the level of the ser the servant getting beaten or or death the servant can just leave and then all of these israelites have to give that servant safe harbor and that servant is now basically the status of a freeman and they can pick where they want to live but they don't do this generally because usually it's not an oppressive situation now Here's the other thing um, where y'all keep trying to make it sound like people are being kidnapped because of that, um, that passage that deals with getting people from foreign nations. I will handle that in just a moment. The kidnapping statute, Exodus 21, 16, and that deals with he who kidnaps a man and sells him or, and that's just a man, not an Israelite. The passage that you read, David, deals with an Israelite. This is just a man. And if they wanted it to be distinctly an Israelite, they would have had to have specified that, just like they specify in the other passages if it's if it's got to be an Israelite or not. So again, he who kidnaps a man and sells him, or if he's found in his hand, meaning in possession, if somebody's found in possession of a kidnapped person, shall surely be put to death, death penalty for people who kidnap as well as people who possess a person who has been kidnapped. So when we talk about it, when y'all bring up the passage that deals with getting slaves or servants, remember all of these words of servant and slave, it's all eved, it's all the same thing. But regardless of what you want to call it, when they're getting them from the foreign nations, all that is meant to distinguish is, one, those people won't get automatically freed at the after completing the six years, which is the typical for a, for a, for a native-born Israelite, or within the 50 years, which is the Jubilee period. Um, so the foreigners don't get that unless the, you know, the, the master just wants to free the slaves or the servants. But um, the, you got to remember in those passages where it talks about acquiring the other type of servant that you know, you don't have to let go up at six years. Um, that's still a voluntary situation and a contractual agreement. Nowhere in there, in those passages, does it say you can kidnap someone. And nowhere in that passage does it say that you can be abusive or oppressive. It is a voluntary situation. 
And if things end up being uh, oppressive for that foreigner, they can become a runaway slave, then they'll get free status. But remember, free status for the foreigner in Israel means they do not own land because God gave the Israelites that land for themselves. So these foreigners are going to be in a land where they don't have a home. So that is why they voluntarily attach themselves to these homes. And if the master ends up being horrible, they can leave. It, it, you know, so it's a mutually beneficial situation. And the moment that it stops being mutually beneficial, they can become a runaway slave. And like I said, you cannot do kidnapping. Again, that's Exodus 21, 16. That carries the death penalty for all kidnapped victims, not just Israelites. Now, in terms of the laundry list, back to, back to the old laundry list, um, in when people are treated as chattel, as property, you know what you can do with property? You can do whatever the hell you want to do with property. You can kill. If, if, if I have a piece of property, I can smash it. I can throw it in the trash. I can bury it underground. I can do whatever I want to with that property. But God said, no, there are standards. You need to love your servant or slave, your eved, as you love yourself. So you can't treat them like dirt. You got to treat them well. And then um, in the Annabelle himself, slaves had no rights of possessions. And when slaves ran away in the Annabelle South and in other parts of the ancient Near East, guess what? They were returned and they had to be returned. In Israel, no, sir. If a runaway slave finds the need to run away from his master, that is presumed to be an indication that the master was mistreating him. And so the master loses out on, on whatever the benefit of the bargain was that he entered into with that slave. And then you have in the antebellum South, there was the separation of families um, with with slavery, where you know a person can buy a, a bunch of people, and you know let's say the the mother and the father and the children were together. Well, he can then resell uh, the son to one other buyer and the mother to someone else. There was no separation of families when the Jews took in these servants. These servants, according to the Mosaic law, they became a part of the family, the Jewish family. They are told by God, there are passages that talk about how when it's feast days, they are to share their feast with their servants and they all eat at the table together. And um, this, this is not what was going on in the antebellum South. A master in the antebellum South could kill their slaves. That, uh, the passages that we have here, the masters would have, the masters would um, 
call. Sorry, I was getting a call. Uh, in, in the antebellum South, the masters could just kill their slaves because the slaves were their property. The slaves did not have human rights, whereas in Israel, the slaves very much, they, the slaves in Israel had the same exact human rights that every other Israelite had. Um, in terms of brutal beatings, we all know, I don't have to tell you that there were horrible, brutal beatings that were going on in the antebellum South. That was not permitted. If it happened, now just because something isn't permitted doesn't mean that it didn't happen. I'm not trying to say that. But if it happens, then then if the per, if the slave died, then that master gets the death penalty. If the slave did not die but was badly beaten, then the slave gets to go free, according to the law. And with the antebellum South, slavery was race-based. In, in Egypt, I mean, in uh, Israel, it wasn't race-based. In fact, we have Israelites that were people of color. And, and so, uh, wasn't it Abraham that, that took an African wife, if I recall correctly? Um, and, and, of, and of course, with uh, the antebellum South, there was all sorts of kidnapping. I mean, that's how they got them. And just because uh, someone in Africa okay, start, start ends wrapping up, up selling uh, them someone. Start wrapping up, Teddy. Okay, but just because someone when someone purchases them, that they're in possession of a kidnapper person but so anyway like i said there's a reason why with the slave bible most of the bible was taken out of it because the the when you read the whole bible in context it does not support slavery in terms of uh what we think of as slavery in terms of the antebellum south it was a mutually agreed upon voluntarily entered into contractual agreement for labor, and as soon as that became abusive, the 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 person can just become a runaway slave and uh, and have all sorts of rights. But at that point, they're not being taken care of financially. They have to rely upon just the charity that is extended by the fellow Jews. But that might not be enough for them. But so anyway, uh, there. What what y'all are thinking of is slavery that was not going on in okay, so uh, that, that's me, not what the laws were about. Let's let's do let's do this. Uh, so as to be somewhat fair to everyone, let's do one more round of questions uh, because I I think that went relatively well, uh, and uh, we'll just do a reverse uh, order of those questions. Uh, Russell, Chase, uh, me, Teddy, you can ask one question. Uh, to anyone, uh, maybe a reasonable follow-up. And after that, we will uh, make whatever closing statements need to be made, and I will eat my sandwich. Uh, so uh, I I will say before we enter that round of questions, I'm, I'm mostly going to just let uh, Teddy's statement there stand, and I will address it in the comments. Uh, I suspect the comments are going to be overflowing. <laughs> this, this week so there's go there's going to be a little bit of activity 
in the uh, in the comment section. Um, but uh, Russell, I know that you don't have a lot of time to get your hands dirty in the comment section, and you are a truly gentle soul who doesn't uh, enjoy that kind of disputation anyway. Um, so that said, I'm going to give you uh, obviously as much time as you want to. Um, uh, if you want to speechify in your question a bit, that's fine because I know that we're not going to see you much in the comments. Um, so, what uh, what question do you have? If you want to ask two questions, you you're you're the host. You can do whatever the hell you want. We have two yes, sets of rules. You see, there are the rules for the hosts, and then there are rules for the guests. Um, now we will treat the guests. Let, never mind, uh, Russell. What do you got? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta forget that I'm not debating. I'm not the main debater here. I'm just totally <laughs> supposed to be here and there. Um, sorry, Teddy, I stepped on you a lot today. No, um, no, I had good stuff to say. Uh, so I, uh, m my question is to both of you guys. Um, an honest look at this from a, a historical standpoint. If you're willing to do that, and I know, David, you asked me for uh, a resource uh, as far as uh, comparing antebellum with, with uh, ancient Near Eastern slavery, uh, especially in regards to Israel. I will post that in the comments if you want to go through that. It's about 44 pages um, of stuff, and you can take it little by little. Uh, it is sectioned. Uh, it's, I think it's really good. It also gives you all the resources as well. So uh, if you click on it uh, on the on the reference, it will take you to an index to show you exactly where that comes from and what ancient Near Eastern text that that uh, comes from. So it's very interesting if you want to do that, if you're willing to take an honest look at it and, and see where we're coming from, uh, that would avoid a lot of uh, mistakes that, that have been made in here so far. And even just, on our just for clarification, we're not maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to inter interrupt. I just no, want for clarification. The resource that uh, you're talking about will that. Uh, so points of differentiation. Uh, I'm sure that we can come up with some that I would consider insignificant. Are you suggesting that there are points of differentiation that would make the biblical slavery look uh, like good slavery as opposed to antebellum slavery, bad slavery? No, it's just com it's a contrast. At the end of the day, would they both be bad? Um, I, no, I think they're they're both in the end not not ideal. <laughs> well, all right. But, so, would you say uh, they're bad? No, I would say they're not ideal. I mean, okay, that's the same ahead. thing, right? I mean, no, it's not <laughs> the same thing. But go ahead. I I just wanted that clarification. I would say I, I would say that that even volunteer, I, I would probably stick to what Paul said and and say uh, involuntary services is probably get out of it. It's not good. So right. it's, it's which is why bad, he sent Onesimus right. back. But that's okay. We're, yeah, but um, you know, he sent wait, him, he sent him back for another reason. Uh, he he sent him back with an <laughs> order to be free. And he could have used. He even told. He even told once our uh, Philemon, "Hey, I could use my authority here, but because you both are Christians, I want you to resolve it." So I mean, there is that. But go ahead. You don't have to address me. I just wanted that clarification. Okay. Okay. I'm not trying to eat into your time. Let me get back. Let me get back. I mean, if you guys are willing to take an honest look at at this entire thing, I will post. I will post it. Uh, like I said, it's 44 page. You can look into it if you want to attack it from an honest standpoint. If your mind's already made up, then just ignore 
ignore it. You know, I mean, you can. It's your right. Okay, <laughs> but, sure, uh, but don't don't uh, assume that don't assume that I we on the other side haven't read material like this. Uh, I was a Christian. No, for, I'm not. I'm I was, not. I was a Christian I'm, I'm for not. a long time, uh, Russell. Not. And uh, so this was a very important issue to me. I've done much study. M- much of my ministry was in uh, the ministry of race relations. Uh, okay. So I have a I have a fairly deep background in this sort of thing. Uh, and so I just, I'm not speaking merely for myself. Don't assume that those of us on the other side don't, haven't read this material and don't know what we're talking about. All right. Well, I, I will definitely post it and you guys can take a look at it and rebut it if you'd like. That's fine too. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, Russell that's just, I mean, I Russell. You, you're, 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 you're coming up, uh, Teddy. You'll be the last one to be able to ask a question. <laughs> so help, hold your, hold your yeah. powder. Hold your powder, uh, Russell. Did you, you you said that you had a question um, kind of for both of us. That that was it. it, it okay. If you guys are interested, okay. uh, I will put, post that so you can take. We we always it. appreciate resources. Um, yeah. Um. So uh. Yeah. That's pretty much all I got for you guys. Um. I pretty much made my points in my opening, and you guys haven't really been able to shoot those down, even though you say you think you have. But um, that's just going to be up for the audience to decide. Yeah, <laughs> but I love you all. Uh, I'm glad <laughs> we were able to have this conversation. Uh, it was. I think it was was pretty good. I think that uh, every every side represented themselves the way they wanted to, and we didn't like start swinging at each other. So that's a good thing. Because um, I would break a very expensive computer. Yeah, <laughs> so right, if it wasn't for that, you guys are very charitable. Uh, Chase, it was fun. I uh, enjoyed enjoyed you on here. You're, you're you're awesome, uh, David. You're also awesome. I, I know you don't like high praise, but you get it anyway from me. So, all right, uh, that's it for me, man. Go ahead. That's fine. And um, look, you don't have to think of this as your last word because you'll get one more shot at it. But um, Chase, uh, you have a question for one or both of the uh, folks, uh, or for me? <laughs> so. I, I have a question. I have a question for Teddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, so, we'll back, David. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you, are you? Hello. I, mean, I think it's a, I think it's more of a repeat question, but uh, are you willing to at least are you at least willing to agree that? Um. No, I don't, I don't have a question. I don't have a question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Teddy. Um, in, sorry, Teddy, do you have a question? Uh, I do. Um, okay. This one's for you, David. Uh, Lovely. You have said in the past that you do not believe that there is such a thing as objective evil. And I want to know... Are you still sticking to that when we refer to the what I think of is is the truest form of slavery, chattel slavery, as was exhibited yes. in the antebellum South? Is that objectively evil? 
I'm answering your question as asked, uh, do I believe in objective evil or am I sticking to what I've said on objective evil before? Yes, I'm sticking to it. No, I don't believe in objective evil. I don't believe in evil as the Christian uh, categorizes it because you require a God and a will of God to get to uh, evil. And so I don't believe in your God. I don't believe in evil. I don't believe in sin. Uh, these are these are not concepts that uh, make a lot of sense to me. Now, do I believe that slavery is a bad thing that is antisocial, that is harmful for society, that is harmful for individuals, that is wrong to do for social creatures on any number of levels? Yes, I do. Uh, but that has nothing to do with how you formulate objective evil. And so rather than uh, you know, recap that entire discussion again. I think I can just uh, answer the question very simply. So, uh, wouldn't that mean then that with your worldview, uh, certain societies like the United States and the antebellum South can have that kind of reprehensible institution of slavery going on and that that would be okay because it's okay for them and it would it and you know everything's subjective so is that so so it can be okay for them and and you just uh i think you your question personally is don't like them? i think your question is inflammatory and stupid and so i'm not going to answer it uh so it and already asked well, you and answer, love asked, inflammatory asked, questions asked and answered many times uh <laughs> and so it's it's not like uh i'm not on the record for this kind of thing you're just not paying attention to the answer so uh that's that's fine i don't mind calling that what it is did you have another question maybe you can do better the next time Oh, I think that one nailed it. Um, okay, got got it right through the heart. All right, then uh, I will ask a question for uh, my co-host. Sure. Uh, uh, and uh, by the way, uh, David Russell, I do appreciate your uh, uh, genteel spirit and approach. This is not the type of uh, discussion you typically like to have. Welcome to Skeptics and Seekers, my friend. Sometimes it's like this, <laughs> but most of the time it's not. Um, I do uh, enjoy a good red meat discussion from time to time uh, because I think you these issues... I want a steak. <laughs> <laughs> I always want a steak. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy this because it gets to it, it helps cut through some of the bullshit. Uh, and I think that some of the more genteel um, uh, neighborly academic conversations don't. So this Past week on uh, uh, unbelievable, uh, which I uh, on suffering that it came from two very wonderful people. I, I would have them in my home as guests, but they didn't say anything useful uh, on the subject. And so, from time to time, you need this kind of conversation. And so, don't expect this all the time. When we have Teddy on the show, this is going to be the conversation. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, and um, by the way. Uh, Chase uh, too. Chase Chase is a bad man. If you if you think that uh, you can get away with saying stupid stuff uh, around Chase, Chase is going to Chase is going to fuck you up. So um, I also well, like he's having... wearing a Dragon Ball Z shirt. I'd expect nothing less. But then <laughs> so... he's got to deal. Then he's got to deal with this. You know. <laughs> I, uh, I love I love having these types of personalities and these types of shows. But if if you and I, for instance, were having this discussion. Uh, by ourselves. It would have been a different uh, conversation. 
and I recognize that and I appreciate your patience. And so with that, with that understanding in mind, uh, I just want to ask you, do you find the uh, skeptic position, and not, it's not just a skeptic position, by the way, uh, Peter, uh, whose comment I was going to read today, uh, I, might, I might read next week because it's, it's a little bit long and we're out of time, but Peter is also a Christian who would largely agree with the skeptics on this. So it's not just a skeptic Christian argument, uh, but do you at least understand where the other side is coming from. When they when they open up their Bible and read the types of passages that we've been talking about today, do you think that they are just being stupid? Are they uneducated? Are they willful? Are they uh, to, to come up with these conclusions? How would you categorize that? I, I categorize it as, as, you know, you guys are tr- honestly looking at the text and trying to make sense of it. I, I told you in the, my opening statement that I struggled with Leviticus, Leviticus, ah, Leviticus 25. Uh, I did, I, and and it, it took a great deal of study. Uh, but you know, I'm the type of person that that enjoys uh, history. You know, um, a lot of this was off the top of my head. You know, you, I only had really two days to kind of put stuff together. Uh, and you, you know, this comes from what I studied previously. Obviously, I've done. He did trouble me. So is a skeptic position uh, uh, stupid? No. Is it uneducated? No. You're trying to make best sense of the text. And even in a general cursory reading, I came away with some of the same conclusions like, oh, my gosh, you know, what is what is up with this? But uh, like I said, once once diving in, it, 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 it turned out different, you know, and I come up on a different side of the fence than you do. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, does that answer your question? It does. It does. Okay. And uh, I will, uh, as we close out, I'll give us each a chance to, you know, make our final appeal to the audience uh, because we're done appealing to each other. Um, uh, Russell, uh, you've got the first last word if you have anything else uh, in your tank to say. Yeah, I mean, in the study of biblical slavery, I just want to point everybody that that it isn't an easy topic, and we need to take time to actually dive into the text. We have to look into the previous texts and and put them together. We can't just look at it in one way and let our bias rule the day. Uh, If you want an objective opinion, look into the history. You have to understand things in the light of historical context. You have to understand the ancient Near East. You have to understand why these laws were given. You have to understand the theology behind some of this stuff too. Uh, and, and you know that takes a great amount of study. And, and there's some people that don't want to give that the time of day. And if you really, and if you're that type of person that doesn't want to give it the time of day, don't make the accusation because you're going to be looking like a deer in the headlights when it comes to uh, somebody that has an answer for it. Um, so I, it, that's just my, my, my closing thoughts to, to everybody here, to the audience. I think uh, the, the question is answerable. I think it's uh, logical. Uh, I think that, you know, we have discussed a, a great many things and we weren't able to get a great many things. And this is the problem with this type of format. And for any type of format uh, that is live like this is you're only able to get out so much and you have to leave a lot on the cutting edge or the cutting room floor as they say so just keep that in mind uh do your homework and come to your conclusion and if you want to debate it again i'm here so (laughs) chase um yeah i mean as far as 
this topic goes. Uh, and, you know, I, I agree. I do agree with my point. It, it is all in the history there. It, it, you do fill everything within context, but even so, in answering the, the question of what, if like, the question is simply what is the context of what it's talking about, um, in some cases, you can have me go on different, different commentary, different uh, responses, and sometimes I may even agree, but as far as discussing the rights and wrongs and what it's also advocating for or not advocating for, um, and within those contexts and things as such, um, I just think that I just think that me and my opponents will, as of right now, agree on uh, what, it, what it's really talking about, what it's really saying, and how, and how much this may, may apply, uh, and, how, and, and where it applies. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely love to see in further converse, uh, in later conversations where um, get better get better explanation from uh, Russell here. Um, Teddy, I, um, I I would I would just like to say that maybe maybe we should all maybe we should maybe you should look take a look at um, Sulfur history um, before making the comparison the parallel of the two. Because I, it worry it worries me in the in the in the things that are ignored that that were vastly ignored in this conversation and just glossed over, um, and when making when making the comparisons, uh, I'm not saying that you are entirely wrong, but uh, the things you were connecting did not it worried me for for the reasons why you're connecting them and the things that were were ha that had to be not looked at in that case, and I don't want. Other Christians, be, I don't want other Christians to go down that path too. If this is the path that they're choosing to take, because I cannot force everyone to choose a skeptic's path. Um, so I mean, that's really all. I, that's really have to say. The matter is that uh, if anyone has questions for me about it, I can reach me. Or Teddy, we'll definitely tell you how to. Teddy. I know you're there, Teddy. You're on mute, Teddy. Teddy, your mic is muted. There we go. I'm back. Sorry about that. But for, um, for that brief um, period of time, you weren't making any nonsense. <laughs> I never do. I never oh. do. <laughs> you're you're um, closing, Teddy. So the last thing that I would ever, ever do is ignore something that deals with something as serious as slavery, uh, the subjugation of humans. Uh that's not something I would ever ignore different points about uh, or gloss over. Uh, I, I take it with all seriousness. And I think that what happens is that there are a number of things that factor into why so many people think as, as you, Chase, and David do. Um, about uh, slavery in the Bible and equating it to the horrors of what happened in the antebellum South. And that is partly because we have, um, people have been reading Bibles that now have the word slave peppered throughout when that wasn't originally what was in the Bible. And so, um, and then you have other terms that have been used like property and you know things like where they're calling the slave is his money and, <clears throat> and things like that that um, can give an incorrect impression if you don't go back to see what the original uh, Hebrew said and put it in context with the other passages to just pull a passage 
out of the Bible and um, read it as just a standalone indictment against God, um, that's not reading something in context. And um, it's, it's critical that, um, that we look at everything in context. And the biggest thing that puts things into context, these two things, uh, the, the passage that I'm about to read is 100% incompatible with the type of ch with chattel slavery where people are treated as objects where they're not being given their human rights um and and so the type of slavery that was going on in the antebellum south is 100% incompatible with what was going on in terms of what the laws were regulating uh, under the Mosaic law, it's mentioned in the Bible. Um, th those are incompatible. So Leviticus 19.33 says again, If a stranger dwells with you in your land, you shall not mistreat him. Were the African slaves in the antebellum south mistreated? <laughs> Absolutely. Far more than just mistreated. The stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as one born among you. Were the African slaves in the antebellum South treated like the other white people in the South? Of course not. And you shall love him as yourself, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Were the African slaves in the antebellum South loved the way the slave master loved himself and his family and his fellow white people? Of course not. So this totally evidences the sharp distinction between what was going on in Israel that was being regulated um, under Mosaic law and what was going on in the antebellum South. And again, God was not keen on people even getting into this type of servitude, uh, but people were doing it because they needed to. They were desperate. Even though the Israelites were commanded to um, to help the poor, that wasn't always enough. And so if people were in real dire straits, that was the way that they were going to get shelter. That was the way that they were going to get food. And they voluntarily gave up a certain degree of their freedom for being taken care of. And we have to remember, for example, even today, when a professional athlete um, gets into a contract with um, uh, with an owner of a football team, basketball team, they get bought, quote unquote. They get sold, quote unquote, and they also get traded. And um, but that's something that is an agreement between the two parties that's voluntarily entered into. And they voluntarily enter into it 
because they are both getting something out of it. Just like when people enlist in the military, they are giving up a lot of their rights as well, yet they're getting something out of it. And in many cases, uh, especially with our, our people that um, volunteer in, in the military and also those who are drafted, they're serving our country, but that's, that's an additional thing. But, uh, but anyway, so uh, I, I very much so uh, think that there is a very sharp contrast between what went on uh, in terms of being regulated under Mosaic law, because God knew that people would end up doing this sort of thing. And so he wanted to put in protections for the people that would get into this type of servitude so that there wouldn't be abuses. Because when people have free will, bad things can happen. So uh, these, these were protections, not, um, not uh, God sanctioning the saying, you know, hey, this is a great idea for people to get into. It, this was a last resort for people. It wasn't the first thing people would do. So, um, you know, the, the God of uh, the Bible is no moral monster. And the, all of the passages that I have um, mentioned during this talk show that he wants us all to recognize that we are brothers and sisters and that we are to treat each other and love each other as we would um, want to be treated and, and we uh, love ourselves. The way we love ourselves, we love other people. Okay. Um, great. I, I don't have a prepared close. Some of the things I thought that I might say, I, I, I think I won't. Uh, I'm rendered um, almost speechless, confused, befuddled at some of the arguments that I have um, encountered uh, today. Um, I am not a slave, but, uh, my ancestors were slaves. Uh, I know what slavery is, and I know what slavery can do, uh, to people generations after. Uh, it's not a thing to be taken lightly as just some, um, one-off thing that happened to someone because they were poor at the, at the time. And uh, having studied slavery, I know what slavery looks like uh, in many cultures, regardless of the language, uh, in many times. And slavery pretty much always has the same effect uh, on people in those cultures in those times. And you can, you can trace that throughout history. And so we can set aside the games of language uh, that try to confuse the issue. This is not a, a linguistic problem. Uh, we know what slaves are. Um, and so how did, how did skeptics come to 
their opinions about about what this is, um, about what the Bible says. How did we come to that? Did we start with some presupposition? Well, many of us, like myself, started off as Christians, and we came to this on that side of the fence. So uh, that's that's not the case. In fact, I see Christians involved in a lot of motivated reasoning and question begging. And the question being begged, they begin their argument, they begin their research with God is good. God is morally perfect. And so however we read these texts on slavery, it has to end up with God is morally perfect. And so we must read it in that light. I dare say if we took all of the passages of slavery and we put them into uh, Hitler's Mein Kampf, we would say that they were the ravings of an evil madman. But in the Bible, since they are God's law, we have to start with, well, God is good. And so we have to interpret and reinterpret it uh, in that light. I find the motivation, the motivated reasoning being on the side of the Christian. Uh, where, did I, where did I learn uh, what biblical slavery was? I didn't learn it from atheists. I learned it from Christians. Christians taught me what biblical slavery was. Uh, Chase, I, I gave you... Uh, uh, a bit of a reading uh, earlier today. I'll give you half a second to pull that up. Um, Darren uh, put uh, put out a uh, comment. I don't remember the correct attributions. It'll be uh, on the web, and I, I will probably promote this particular resource uh, into uh, the main uh, blog so that people can look at it, as I will any resources that uh, people on the show have to present. Um, but if you want to know how people came to understand what biblical slavery was, uh, they came to understand it from Christians reading the Bible. And as far as antebellum slavery, that slavery was modeled after um, what they read about in the Bible. You can say, well, they were wrong uh, in their understanding. But it wasn't atheists misusing the Bible to get there. It was Christians teaching the rest of the world what biblical slavery was. Chase, would you... Uh, uh, read this is a little bit lengthy, and I just don't want to. So, if if you would, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, sure thing. The emphasis, the emphasis, pro-slavery defenders always upon defends was always upon a literal reading of the Bible, which which represented the mind and will of God Himself, not only justified but also moral. Response to the emphasis upon the principles of Christianity used by those opposed to slavery. To the open-ended interpretive religion implied by those opposed to slavery, a plain, concise statement of certain propositions that we that we present few fearful believers will controvert. One, that the volume of sacred writings commonly called the Bible, comprehending the Old and New Testaments, containing uh, continuing the unerring decisions of the Word of God. Two that these decisions are of equal authority in both testaments and that this authority is essential veracity of God, who is truth itself. Three, that since, that, since, that since there can be no prescription against the authority of God, that ever is declared, whatever is declared at any part of the Holy Bible to be lawful or illicit must be essentially so in its own nature. However, repugnant such declaration may be to the current opinions of men during any period of time. Four, that, uh, that as a supreme lawgiver and a man, God is infinitely just and wise in all decisions 
and is essentially irresponsible for the reasons of his conduct in the moral government and moral government of the world. So it is culpability, audacious in us to question the rectitude of any of those decisions, merely because we do not apprehend the inscrutable principles of such wisdom and justice. That and five, that if one or more decisions of the writing of the written word of God sanction the restitution of any human accusations, for instance, the acquisition of a servant by the inheritance of purchase, whoever believes that the written word of God is variety itself must consequently believe that in the absolute restitute of slave holding. Amen. Okay, so uh, I will include this um, uh, reading in uh, the notes when I update the blog, but I just, in this, this is actually a, a much longer document. So if you want to read um, at least one of many of the uh, Christians' full statements on uh, how they came to defend slavery, it's, it's all from a biblical uh, perspective. Uh, and in fact, um, there are many Christians uh, here today who, uh, some some among our uh, fellow posters, who say that they would in fact uh, do things that God tells them to do, even if it uh, violated their moral conscience. Because they would have to assume that their conscience is, um, is faulty, and that the morally perfect God uh, is right. And so, of course, they would have to be certain that the command is coming from the morally perfect God, which is very reasonable. Uh, but by that, by that argument, we can't then read back our, our morality into the Bible and say, well, the Bible couldn't have been condoning um, this, this horrific institution. It seems to clearly be condoning uh, or regulating this horrendous institution. And in order to save God, modern Christians have to, to do mental gymnastics that I frankly am too old and inflexible to keep up with. Uh, and so that's on me. Uh, it's on me that I can't, I can't see uh, biblical slavery as a, a voluntary thing. Oh, yes, we... They, they want it to be slaves. Um, not only a, a voluntary thing, but they, they volunteered uh, for life uh, without the possibility of freedom. Yes, they, of course, this was a voluntary thing. They were bought voluntarily uh, by people. This is, this is how we can think of it. Uh, maybe, um, you know, if I studied harder, I would see that uh, the word slave just can't be understood. I mean, it's it's such a complicated term, and there's there's so many words for it. We don't know what the right word is for it, but we should trust the Bible uh, and our modern English translations because that's all we got. We don't we don't speak Greek or Hebrew, and yet um, you know we can't trust the Bible when it talks about slave. It's just using the wrong word, but otherwise trust it. And you know when it says things like property, you know you'll be property, and you know you can be uh, bequeathed. Uh, to children as inheritance of property, uh, you know, we, it takes a little bit um, more digging to understand what property means. We don't know what property means. Um, we just we cat out of here. Okay, <laughs> sorry. That's okay. Cat. 
cat's welcome as far as I'm concerned. Having the same problem. Um, <laughs> I heard uh, it earlier. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we don't we don't understand. We're I, we don't have enough education to know what words mean uh, like, you know, they'll be your property. Uh, so, yeah, I'm too I guess I am too old and too inflexible to read it a certain way. For instance, uh, when uh, female slaves um, are are taken as wives, we're not just talking about arranged marriages here, I'll buy a woman and make her my wife. Um, it, it reminds me of the Russian bride uh, things, uh, you know, for, for you lonely nerds out there uh, who could not get a date. You know what I'm talking about. You saw these ads. Uh, buy yourself a Russian bride. Pay $3,000. We'll send one right over to you. There are some members in my mod audience who have probably uh, who, who have done this, but they're too ashamed to say uh, we would we would say that that's wrong. Uh, they would say, oh, no, no, no. It was just a, an arranged marriage. No, but we're to we're to think of that as a, a a great evil thing if it happens today. But it was a good thing. I mean, that's how they married. You know, that's what marriage meant. You you bought a woman <laughs> and you and you had sex with her until you didn't like it anymore. And then you let her go and you bought another woman. <laughs> you know, that's right. <laughs> What's now me. I'm a, I'm a simple kind of guy. Um, I'm just an old country preacher. That seems wrong to me. Uh, I don't know. That seems bad. Uh, but I am told uh, by the more academically inclined that that was really okay. Um, so I am, I am appalled by this type of argument. I I did not encounter this type of argument when I was in the church. People were more straightforward about it. They made different kinds of justifications for God's uh, actions, but they didn't try to convince me that the words didn't mean what they meant or that the people were really happy being slaves or that when slaves were taken in war, well, that was that was different and better. And, you know, the child wives that were too young to have had sex before and really think about it in the ancient Near East. How young did you have to be to be a woman who had not had sex with a man? Also, how did they determine a woman who hadn't sex, had sex with a man. I mean, I can think of some ways that, uh, you know, we used to do it in this country. Uh, surely they wouldn't have done that. Uh, no, this is embarrassing. It's embarrassing to me to watch intelligent, good, moral Christians argue this way. This is embarrassing to me. I am embarrassed to ever have called myself a Christian, to have ever thought this way. I am ashamed of it. I'm ashamed, frankly, of you uh, who are on this show arguing this way. I'm ashamed of you in the argument, who argue, uh, in the uh, comments, who argue this way. I am ashamed of you, and you should be ashamed of yourself. This is not intellectually honest. It's a lie. And why do you lie in service of making this monster god of yours seem like he's not a monster? It's terrible. And you will gain no converts this way. We are not fooled. We can read the words. We know what it means. We know what it says. Stop it. You're not helping yourself. I much more appreciate someone who looks at the text and says, yes, this was awful, and then says uh, something to the effect of, uh, yes, but this wasn't from God. 
This is this was their misunderstanding. They thought it was from God. Uh, they were wrong. They were sinful people. But God uh, continued to give them progressive revelation until they finally got uh, the truth of it sometime after the Bible was finished writing. That's a terrible argument, but it's a, so much better than the arguments that we've heard today. It's so much better. I'm so ashamed of people who say this thing wasn't monstrous because over here there was something even worse. Really? Really? So, you know, it's, it's, it's now okay if we can find a slavery that was worse than the slavery in the Bible. Then it's not much. Yes, it's still monstrous. Who do you think you're fooling with this? Nobody is deceived by this. And I am ashamed that the conversation about something this uh, important goes to that level. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed that that was me sitting in David Russell's chair uh, some, some 10, 12 years ago, making really bad arguments in defense of something that's indefensible because I had to start with the position that God was perfect. And I had to defend everything. I had to defend it. I had to defend slavery. I had to defend the war crimes. I had to defend the 10th plague. I had to defend the the uh, David's trilemma. I had to defend all of that crap. And I wasn't any more intellectually honest. And that is why I'm not really coming down on my interlocutors as it sounds like I am. I am ashamed of myself. And I'm ashamed of anyone that I may have swayed by arguments like that. It's wrong. It's not academic. It's not intellectual. It's, it's dishonest. And we just have to stop talking about it that way. The God of the Bible is a moral monster. And it's not just slavery, but just talking about slavery in the most genteel terms you can think of. It's still bad. It's still a thing that you wouldn't sell your daughter into today. And we still have to wonder why the God of the Bible was so tough that he could stop the eating of shellfish, but he couldn't simply say, look, just don't don't own people as property. Finally, uh, yes, are there passages in the Bible that, that are less harsh? on the subject of slavery. Absolutely. I don't want to run from those. And I can't, and I don't understand them all. Uh, I don't, I don't understand everything in the Bible. Like I said, simple country preacher. Some of this stuff is over my head. Uh, I don't know Hebrew. Uh, I studied Greek a little bit. Uh, didn't help. Uh, I can tell you right now, if you study Hebrew and Greek, it won't help uh, in, in this particular uh, argument. And uh, I've come to the conclusion, uh, as I did when I was a Christian, that not every writer in the Bible uh, was on the same page. Uh, They had different ideas at different times uh, about some of these things. But my case today does not depend on consistency in the Bible. You only need to find one example and one passage that is clear and true and honest that shows slavery to be the thing that we think it is, and that shows God saying, it's okay for you to do this. That's all it takes. That case is trivially easy. It's been trivially made. It was made in the first few minutes of this uh, conversation. I think it'll be made many, many times uh, over the discussion board. Um, And I hope that this is the last time this season uh, 
we have a discussion that seems that feels so wrong. Uh, I, I want to have honest conversations about honest differences. But there's not a person on this panel who would look at the biblical slavery and say, yeah, I'll sign up for that, or I want my kids to sign up for that. Everyone on this panel is anti-slavery in every form of slavery that we can think of. Uh, so don't don't listen at them and think that they are somehow pro-slavery. Uh, they are not. Uh, these are my friends. And yes, I am verbally abusing them a little bit right now, but I, I would I would give them each a kidney uh, if it would save their lives. Uh, but on a subject like this, we require a little bit more honesty and integrity and not starting with a conclusion uh, that God must be good. Let's just start with the with the words. Uh, let's let's live with the consequences of those words, and let's find other ways. If you want to be a Christian, to defend your God, don't don't make people who are reading the Bible think that they read it wrong. They didn't read it wrong, guys. You didn't read it wrong. So um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there, and um, I'm here. Let, Next week, uh, we will be doing uh, politics. That'll be much easier, right? <laughs> Nothing right. controversial. Hello, Lucy. Politics. Hello, I'm home, honey. We've got uh, we've got uh, David uh, being reunited with his family, and uh, we will spend the next thirty <laughs> minutes watching that. Uh, actually, we will be closing right now. And so, um, once again, thank you for everyone on the panel, and uh, we'll see you all in the comments. Goodbye.